everyone, and welcome to another year chronicalizing, chronicling the best music, according to us, the Fudge Brothers of 2022. Real, real pros. This is the Federation's Seven Deadly Spins, hosted on Suplex City Limits. I'm Travis Fudge. <laughs> Federation's <laughs> SDS on SCL. Uh, uh, I'm Tyler Fudge. Yeah, we are the Fudge Brothers, we are the Federation, and this is a different show than last year. We have um, some added uh, feng shui, if you will, for um, the listening pleasure. We have some stories. Are you call them seven deadly sheets? Seven deadly dirt sheets? I don't know. Um, yeah, anyways, I got the top seven music stories of 2022, the top seven music albums of 2022 and that's about it we got some honorable <laughs> mentions here and there but um I, i'm very excited to share with tyler the stories that i've accumulated for this year as well as uh talking about our favorite albums um before we run down the albums and we get started i do want to preface that it's a split list yes you know just like last year just like last yeah. year if, if you can't remember or if you didn't tune in last year it's a split list um Tyler uh, takes on about three albums. I do four. Whether or not we have a definitive best album this year might be um, a little more difficult than last year, considering how we both unanimously decided that Turnstiles yeah, Glow On uh, Glow On was yeah. the best album. And um, well, I, would, I would love to talk about whether or not these albums stuck with us. Yeah, no, that's for, the, for the foreseeable we'll year. Get into the the uh, that at the end, I guess. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to talk about yeah, that for sure. Um, so anyways, where was I? Oh, well, you my. were just bringing us in, sir. I was just bringing us in. Yes, I'm rusty on this stuff, <laughs> eh? So, you, yeah. you host one show I a year. I host one show a year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. As I said, we are only doing a half-split list. So I would say we both have our favorite album of the year chronicalized on both of our lists. But together, together, they are one. Yes. Yes. They're one. Yes. And like a Meltzer star rating, you know, you can just, you can have as many yeah. ones as you want. Yeah. You, you know, like just, just like a Meltzer star rating is you can, it, it's, it's all subjective. It's all subjective. Really? Absolutely. Like, I mean, I'm sure Joe Schmo off the street or like anyone that's really in our, um, podcast circle probably have different music tastes than us for the most part. Yeah. You yeah, know, of so, course, if anything you can take from this. I would hope that at least you just have a little bit of fun with the stories. Maybe you listen yeah. to a song or yeah, two. Maybe, maybe something will uh, will pique your interest in in music wise. And uh, and also, I do have to say, I did make a Spotify playlist. I was just going to mention. That. I was like, if Travis doesn't remember it. Yeah, I got it no, right I did that today. Yeah, so it's a public playlist. You'd have to search up my name, possibly Fudger the Fudge. You can go on my Twitter, or you can go on Suplex City Limits Twitter. You can go on the Federation Twitter. They all got the link there. Very true. And if you got Spotify, go check it out. It's the 2022 blend, single origin. Yes, Seven Deadly Spins, 2022 blend. Yeah, and um, it's got about two to three songs each of all of our favorite albums. Um, Some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, yeah. even if they're just like one-off tracks that really stuck yeah. with us this year. Um, I Tyler is free to add whatever he wants to the list. Well, like, I can't just add to it. Oh well, you can. I have you to can tell you. You can tell me. We, we could. Just, sh we could share. There's it. only one song that spoke to me 
that needed to be added, and it's my own selfish edging by Blink One Eighty Two. I was going to add it, yeah. and I I didn't know what what to um. Because it's not like um, it's not like it, the greatest. Wasn't song. the best song I heard no, all year. But there's also shoulders from Coheed and Cambria on there too. So like, did that come out? It came out this year, right? Yes, but it's been out for a long time. Yes. Oh well, I, the album came out this year. I think the but song shoulders came out was out before. for a while. Yeah. Personally, I thought shoulders was the best song on the yeah, album. Yeah, it's definitely definitely one. But that's not one of our albums. No, it's not. It's, it's not. not. There, there's a lot of um, honorable mentions in there. Um, not on this list but we'll talk about it later on starting off though tyler yes do you have any um anything that you want to say before we get into this list before we get into the news stories before we get into the news stories uh you know what uh no not necessarily um yeah no 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 cool i'm all good i'm ready to fucking do this except i don't have my weed with me which is really disappointing well you go get your weed okay and I will. As you can tell, I was just waiting for that. I will pause. Backing out of breath. Start again. So there's one thing that actually just piqued my interest that I totally forgot about that I want to see if um, you have any fresh details. <coughs> okay. Uh, considering how this was a band on our list last year, it was one of your favorite albums last year. Every Time I Die. Breaking Up. Can we talk about them breaking up? I guess that, that should have been on my list. Yeah, It should have been guess. on my list. It's, it's kind of relevant. Um, Keith Buckley goes insane. Thinks his brother and um, the butcher yes are conspiring against him to get him out of the band yes and w- with his brain working the way it is, I imagine they were <laughs> maybe you know what I mean you know one one is to say that um, if you don't have the whole picture you might come up with a total picture that is completely the opposite so far fetched if you're looking at a painting you only have half okay so we've got a painting with a a beach and a little kid looking out into the ocean. If you only got half of that painting, you have no idea what that kid is looking at. He could be looking at his own father drowning. Could be. Or he could be looking at nothing. Exactly. Who exactly. the fuck knows? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Suspicious Minds. Suspicious <laughs> Minds. Every Time I Die broke up this year after releasing probably one of their more experimental, I would say, more fleshed out albums. Than I would they say had. one of their better albums. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're definitely one to um, put your... Um, your take on it a lot a little better than I am because I'm I'm fresh to every yeah, time well, I die. Well, it was my second favorite album of the year last year. It was, it was. Yeah. Um, how do you replace Keith Buckley though? Like, cause he you can you actually like reminded me that he was a part of the Damn Things, which is yes. a damn fine band and great. It, band. it um definitely really takes his vocal talent to another level. Yeah, like, he's working with some really great musicians. Yeah, not taking anything away from Every Time I Die. No, but, but I mean like there's a difference to be said. You're 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 playing with Ian from Athra- Anthrax. Yeah, Scott Ian is a great bassist. The two lesser known dudes from Fall Out Boy. Yeah, right? the drummer and the, and the guitar player that doesn't sing. Right, yeah. like yeah, so. 
Um, great musicians well, in their it, own it right. It gives them an edge too, right? It gives them a bigger cool factor. Yeah, to be you know, working with Scott Ian and and fucking Keith Buckley. Patrick Stump does like kids' cartoon scores now, and is that what he's doing now? That's what I've heard. Uh, and I'll obviously, Follow Boy drastically changed their um, musical vision. Whether you liked them back in 2005 yeah. or not, they drastically changed their changed their musical vision. Like once Infinity on High came out, you can see there is a more of a push towards pop. But then what was the next album? I like don't rock I don't, and roll superstar or some I, bullshit um, like that. Infinity on High was the last thing I've ever listened to. Them. Yeah, they they had that that one that was like they had a song on WWE I think for a second. Yeah, and it, it got more like um pop yeah, oriented. Cage Elephant came out and everybody wanted to do Cage the Elephant. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which okay, um, let uh, we don't have seven stories anymore. Let's go into the uh, the ninth story here. Okay, the lead singer of Cage the Elephant. I just read this uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, he got arrested. Oh, because someone in a fucking in an airport or something like that or a mall. I can't remember what it was. Found or spotted him with a fucking firearm. In okay, so he got arrested for like possession of a firearm in public or something fair like enough, that fair enough i, I got i got a he's uh he's, he's he's uh the elephant that's in the cage got out is the and elephant he's, yeah, the, he's on the hunt it's no longer it. caged no, i'll tell you uncaged that. the elephant oh here we go matt schultz he was arrested on weapons charges he was in a public restroom at a manhattan hotel and he pulled the gun out of his pocket and someone in the bathroom fucking snitched on him and then um looking at the photo here this guy looks um, like him and Keith Buckley would probably share the same uh, frame of mind, if you will. Here, I'm just turning my laptop around for Tyler. Oh, yeah, that guy looks normal. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, two, two um, bedazzled mining gloves. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that you're yeah, taking like, the Michael Jackson thing to a whole new level. This is definitely a whole new level of Michael Jackson. Um, Keith Buckley, too, like... Well, didn't he? He was a really bad alcoholic, or was he into like was it drugs? Or there was something before that he supposedly got clean. I don't know much about Keith Buckley's personal life, to be fairly honest. He looks like, geez, he looks like a very clean fella, to be fairly Keith honest. Buckley? Yes, yeah, Keith Buckley. he looks like Jesus. Really. Well, even the first photo of him on Google it makes him look like he's fucking part of a rom-com in 2008. Oh yeah, but that's that's old. That, Keith that's Buckley. old Keith Buckley. Yeah, yes. you go Keith Buckley 2021. That motherfucker looks like Jesus. He looks like he just stepped off the cross. Well, it <laughs> on his Wikipedia page, nothing is to be said about him and any personal issues of that. Um, my God, Tyler. This Keith Buckley thing happened 2021. That they brought, uh, yeah, was it like December fourth? Okay, fair did enough. we? Did, did, Who cares? If we if we touched upon that on the last, no, I don't. Maybe we did. Maybe it, we did. If we did, then I feel so year. bad. But I cannot remember. I cannot remember. That was just fresh in my mind. Anyways, it was still nice. It was still nice. Yeah. It was nice while it lasted. Keith Buckley. Uh, Keith Buckley at one point in time I did an interview with Krang. I looked at myself and realized I was a, a rock bottom alcoholic. The worst husband I've ever been. Probably the worst father. I was definitely the worst version of myself. 19 months down the line, everything had changed. That was uh, two months before they broke up. Well, I'll tell you he what. He was nine months sober when that album came out. Oh, really? Yeah. Which might actually say something as to how it was drastically yeah. better. Uh, yeah. Different. Very much so. No, they made that album uh, a year before. They just sat on it. Oh, 
Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Once again, it's been a year. Yeah. It's been a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, um, chronic alcoholism can definitely lead someone into some very parent, like, I don't know, severe paranoia, you know? Yeah. I mean, that type I get of thing. That. So if that's the case, that's the case. Poor guy. I hope to see him back sometime soon. Hopefully, yeah. Like, and, and, and whatever issues he is having, hopefully he gets them checked out. Uh, hopefully the band can get back together because it's a shame that you would end a, a such a tenure as a band on that high note. At least if it does end, it's on that high note that that album came out. Yeah, and speaking as an outsider from you know the outside looking in, their guitarist just got on national TV just a mere year before that. Yeah, and what's to say like them getting plugged on national TV all the time? Does that help? Does yeah. that not help? Does it cause more friction in the band? Who knows? You'll never be able to know, but nope. it's just an interesting little layer that I think would have been, it would have been interesting to see how it would have played out oh, yeah. more or less. Right. Yeah. And with that being said, enough about Keith Buckley and every time I die, Fucking Keith Buckley. let's get into the first album on our list Alice. on the 2022 blend of seven deadly spins. First ingredient is this. First ingredient is. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wonder years. The hum goes on forever. I'm only doing this one first because it's the most fresh in my brain. Because I had just finished watching the 59 minute documentary on the making of this documentary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is it called? Something embers burning. If I do remember. What the name of the the, the documentary. documentary? Yeah. I also uh, watched another making of documentary, a part of this list, earlier today. It was really good. Uh, Coughing Out Embers. Coughing Out Embers. I would recommend checking it out. It's a good documentary. It's um, a little sad because it it takes place deep into the COVID pandemic full of people that are... They live traveling and touring. And a lot of the documentary is talking about how it's been... 500 days since they've done a show they don't know about the feedback on the album on the music this music that they're making they're so unsure and they're so insecure yeah. about what they're making because they're so used to being on the road and being sampling on the songs and, and then not only that but being together as a band yeah. right if you, just to like add some um some story behind it there's a lot of members in the wonder years there's like eight members like, there's a lot of fucking band members, yeah. okay? Now, I'm sure that a lot of creativity, like, somehow gets dispersed into that when you're in a band of that size. Like, it has to. It has to. Like, there has to be some sort of healthy dynamic. Well, you would hope so. You would hope so. So, I just want to touch upon one thing that probably stuck with me that I think you would appreciate on this documentary, and it's of the lead singer. He, um... Oh, no, no. Actually, I clicked the YouTube video. Anyways, <laughs> is the lead singer. He um, he was recording this song called Wyatt Song, your name. Okay. Um, it's a song about him hearing his son Wyatt's heartbeat for his first time, right? Okay. So it, it, he, getting the, um, the backstory to the song, I think, adds a, another good layer to it. it. it I, I've always found that with music is like uh, once you know what the song truly is about, it almost brings about a new light to it. You look at it from a different way. You you, you might resonate with it more. Yeah. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? Like, I've always found that once I figured out what a song was about, it really made me get into it. Like, um, 
one that really comes to mind is uh, it's a Blink One Eight Two song, uh, but not now, right? Like it's a secret song or an untitled, like a, a bonus B-side, song, yeah. yeah, that never really came out. Out, it came out on the the greatest hits or something, yeah. and like singles. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's about a, a dude who is going to heaven and just like talking about how he's going to come back and get his lady when she's ready. You know what I mean? Like, but you listen to it with just like not really caring, you're not going to get that. You know what I mean? It's not going to be prevalent. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah, with Tom's nasally voice. That's always been a different Blink song, too. You know, yeah. it was at that very end of the line the Fugazi run. Fugazi phase. The Fugazi phase, yeah. I guess you could call it. Um, definitely post-hardcore Blink. Yeah. Their best period. It was their best album. Uh, the, the Coming most... off of the best ever album of Boxcar Racer. It wasn't their biggest momentum, per se, you know, considering no. how Enemy of the State, obviously, biggest momentum, yeah. take off your pants and jacket, the biggest waste of momentum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Enemy of the State Part 2. No, it's not. That the Tom, no. Mark wanted it to be Enemy of the State Part 2, and Tom wanted it to be a little more edgier, and Travis wanted it to be something else. But yeah, no, I mean I mean that in a way that it's structured exactly like Enemy of the State Part 2. The singles are very reminiscent of Enemy of the State Part 2. Aside Adam from like, song, Stay Together for the Kids. Exactly. True. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, but yeah, no, like Stay Together for the Kids is a, is a very uh, branched out song from an example of where they would go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the No hate on Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, really. I can't hate on the album. It's a good album. But yeah. it's just such a weird thing that you've got Enemy of the State, which is... It's a perfect album. It, it's considered like in the top 100 albums of all time. It's definitely, Stone. I would say, if not the best, it's the top three best pop punk albums that's it, ever been. It definitely. 100%. For sure. I, like, like, if you want to stretch it, top five. Sure. But like, absolutely. Definitely, I would it, say top three. If you want to be more definitive about it, we'll go with top five. Yeah, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would teeter on uh, for the number one spot to be Dookie or Enemy of State. Yeah, I've never been one a big, of the two. Never been a big Green Day guy, you yeah. know. Um, I I have more appreciation for Nimrod or um, oh, Kerplunk yeah, 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 than yeah. Dookie. Dude, that baseline and fucking uh, Hitchin' a Ride. Hitchin' a Ride. Oh. Yeah, that that's like, yeah, that song is one of my it's favorites. So good. Yeah, and then you have Untitled, which is just it, yeah, it's just such a conflict of um of styles, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> we're talking about not now. It's a great song now. I'm glad that you brought Blink-182 up because this is going to get fun. This is going to get fun. Now, the lead singer, Josh, of The Wonder Years was so unsure about this song. He was so unsure about it. He's like... The Wyatt Wyatt song, right? There's something missing here. I'm not... I don't feel this song. Like, is this actually shit? (laughs) Did he throw in a, where are (laughs) you? And he's like, I don't understand. Like, what's going on? So I called up my buddy Mark Hoppus. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And then we cut the mark, and Mark's like, you know, not only are we in a pandemic and he's calling me, but I'm just finishing chemo. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, it's like, not only are we in a pandemic, but I got cancer. (laughs) And he's like, I got chemo. And Josh calls me up, and I love the band. And like, he's talking, he's like very positive about the band. And he's like, and he he sings me, or he he shows me Wyatt's song, and it's a beautiful song. And he says, what's wrong with it? I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. If, if you want to change one thing, then just change your 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 um your tune to like A A A B B instead of A B A B. And it like he did that and 
he fixed his own problem. He's like, thanks, Mark. Like, <laughs> thank you so much. He's like, I didn't do anything. Like, you, you fixed your own yeah, problem. Probably got a producing credit on that fucking song. Yeah, and um, seeing Mark on the documentary, obviously, yeah. gives it that little star power punch. He, yeah. was, he was on the trailer for it, right? Because they put out a trailer for the album before oh, it came really? out. Yeah, they put a trailer out for the album on YouTube, which Twitter, what have you. And it's just them talking about it from the documentary. It, it, Mark Hoppus yeah. popping Tom up. Have, it's perfect. But it's he great. says, like, this song is so beautiful and he doesn't tell you which song it is. Yeah. So I find it so funny that, like, I was waiting all this time when this album was getting put out and you would get all these singles dropped. I think four to five singles dropped before this album came out, which is extreme. It's a 14-song album, but I think, like... Dude, don't put out that many singles. Like no, like no, you, you ruined it. It's half the album. Yeah, half the fucking. You don't album. need to give us half the album. Like, like I, I believe you when you say it's a good album. You don't need. You know what I mean? Like exactly. It's Spotify. Now, now, I'm going to check. You got Blink One Eighty Two saying that they're putting out their greatest album ever. Maybe give me some more hints. I, I want to. Yeah, hear, yeah, yeah. Give or, me some more because you said that before, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I want to hear some hints because I'm yeah. a little skeptical. Listen, man. They they last time the Blink One Eighty. I will say this: the last time Blink One Eighty Two did an album in the same room was Untitled. Sure. Yeah. And this album is them together making music, not them. In England, California, and fucking SoCal. with all their projects, it's not their main main thing. Yeah, no, because that's how the last three albums were done, or last two Tom albums were just like you mean. Do, you, well, dogs eating dogs in neighborhoods. That's right? why I'm. I, I can't. Dogs eating dogs. It's six. Songs. It's, an it's EP. close enough. I guess. Yeah. Not really. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Anyways, enough Blink One Eighty Two. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and the thing is, we're gonna talk about them later. So. It's 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 almost like it's the Blink One Eighty Two podcast. Blink One Eighty Three, Blink One Eighty Four, Blink One Eighty Four, because Blink One Eighty Three is already done. Uh, right? I think that is a podcast, isn't it? Blink One Eighty Three. Yeah, where they do all the songs yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, they put out like five singles on this album, and they already hyped it up through a trailer and all this kind of stuff. Now, when the album comes out, I think that that kind of killed it for me. Uh, I find it funny that I'm. This song, this album's on my list, but I'm going to talk about how the momentum of it yeah. was dead when this album came out, September 23rd. Hey, just to make you feel better, for most of my albums, I've got nitpicky fucking things I don't like about them. You know what I mean? Whereas last year, I couldn't do that. Well, you're the one that got me to do the show last year, right? Because yeah, yeah. you, you had an interest in what came out last year. Yes. Now, like, I just find it fun to do this for a challenge, really, like... You know, there, because there's always something really good that comes out. Oh yeah, there's oh, enough to put out a list every fucking yeah. year. You yeah. could do top ten. Like I have to throw out honorable mentions because mm-hmm. I feel bad leaving out so many good albums. Yeah. So so much so that the Wonder Years was on my honorable mentions at first until I took one of yours. You took one of mine. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so anyways, let, let's uh let's go through the uh, singles that they put out. Before the album even came out. Because this is what hyped me up for the album. They put out these singles all summer long. I was so fucking excited for this album. But the thing is, is that these singles are so spursed out through the album that you have to listen to the whole album, man. To the point where the best fucking singles are on the B-side of the album. Okay. So you got Wyatt's song, Your Name, Oldest Daughter, which is so, so catchy. Much like everything The Wonder Years puts out. I find The Wonder Years is just a very, like, sing-along... 
chanting like yeah. I, I want to be live and I want to sing along with everyone like yeah they have so many good sing along it, courses it's definitely one of the they're definitely one of the upsides to pop punk these days absolutely and they're not even barely pop punk I would say more used to be than now yeah. because we'll talk about how they definitely have an array of moods and uh, styles yeah. and song choices on this album. Well, albeit questionable, I would say. But anyways, oldest daughter, love the song. We got uh, low tide. Low, low tide. tide. Low tide is my. That's my favorite song the, on the album. I like. Now, I will say, while this album is not an album that I had in my rotation, um, it's not an album that I was listening to throughout the year, but subconsciously I was, because every time I get into your vehicle, or every time I'd hear you playing some kind of music, there's like two songs, I know Low Tide is one of them, and I believe maybe Oldest Daughter it might be the other one. It might because, have been, like, yeah. as soon as I listened to that album, I was like, this song. Oldest Daughter. I'll give you. Madeline, I love you, but like, like, I don't honestly, know how this ends. This isn't going to hurt. Like, nobody's going to take us down for this. Library uh, computer to check uh, in. Is low tide and uh, old friends like old lost friends teeth. like lost teeth. Now yeah, that, that that's what it is. Yeah, uh, it's hard for me to pick a, my favorite song on this album. It's definitely between those three. Low that's tide fair, yeah. stuck with me the most. Probably if if you went to like my my last FM, you could probably see that I play low tide more than any fucking Wonder Years song, other than like Sister Cities or Came Out Swinging. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. Low Tide hits fucking hard. I love that chorus, you know, growing out my hair because who gives a shit? I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just love it. Like, it, 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 it's a really sad album, and there's a points where it gets really fucking sad to the point where it takes me out. Yeah, sad music is not for me. I don't like sad music. But I like, I like, <laughs> I like hiding an angry. I like hiding a sad song through yeah. angry, aggressive music. Like yeah. that, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like that's fucking like emo punk. Like fucking that's any of how that it's shit. Right. Done. Now, I don't mind that, but when when you're like singing about reminiscing about fucking your ex girlfriend's summer clothes and how you're like sweating your balls off in a car, <laughs> like summer clothes, I'm talking about. Yeah. It's my least favorite song on yeah. this fucking album. Man. I get, I, I get that. And like, I would play this album at work, and I would, summer clothes would come on, and I'm like embarrassed, like yeah. I'd switch it off. And the same thing with uh, Laura and the Beehive, which would become a single. Um, not a big fan of it, but with that being said. That would be like where this album branches off for me. You know, they yeah. they spurred in too many. They, they they there's there's a lot of different avenues they're trying to go to, down. A lot of like, avenues. Like for me, when they're doing their up tempo stuff, I enjoy it. When they start to slow down, eh, not my thing. Yeah, I I, I understand that. Um, songs about death. I like that one for its slowness. Like I think that that one works, but it's very rare, right? Um. Definitely, I agree with you. The up-tempo stuff is the best part of it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it kind of makes sense as to why this album would be laid out like this after watching the documentary because one of the last things they say on it is that this song, this album, was not really written for anyone but the band. It was not made for anyone but the band. I don't give a shit if we gain any listeners. I don't give a shit if anyone likes it because they just wanted to put out something creative. So it was like kind of like a catharsis for like getting over... 
the pandemic depression yeah. more or less is what i decipher from this yeah you, you cooped up all that time you got no other choice but try different things yeah this is what's that's a product of it yeah yeah that's pretty much it that is the hum goes on forever and indeed it will there you go there you go is uh, this when I'm supposed to come in? I don't know. Are, are we doing another story before I come in? What What is this? Well, how, how I was is just this taking more? a drink break. I was just That's taking fair. a little drink break. <laughs> you You were fucking hamming on that, Timmy's, bro. Oh, it was London Fog, man. That shit's tasty. It is so tasty. Yeah, we can go into another story here. I will get into... What is it? Yeah, officially, this is supposed to be number one on the list. Like, number one as top story? No, no, oh. no, just the first story, right? Oh, okay. But the Keith Buckley thing came in, and so did the, uh, yeah. the Cage <laughs> the Elephant thing. And yeah. we, don't, we don't need a story before before we get to the number one album. That's when we do honorable mentions. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking about just uh, throwing in some stories yeah. in between, you know, just so we don't have to be talking about just albums, you know, albums yeah. all the time. So number one, I would say it's the most... Least interesting story of all of them. <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers reunite oh. with John Frusciante and they kick Josh Klinghoffer out and the motherfucker yes. goes to Pearl Jam as if Pearl Jam needed another fucking member. <laughs> and somehow got worse. And Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> come out with a very promising single called Black Summer, which sounded like they just, where they left off, I would say, like, from Stadium Arcadium. Yeah, and you know what, though? You know what, though? Still don't like that song, like because Zephyr song is where they started to lose me. I don't. I I, I fucking hate the Zephyr song. Right, I like, hate it so much. By the way, it's not a good album. By the way, it no. has a couple good singles. By the way, yeah. Well, Can't Stop is one of the best songs okay, they yes. ever put out. Yes, Can't Stop is probably one of the. But best you can't fucking release shows. an eighteen song album with one good song and call it a fucking good album. No, like no. eat shit. Trim, trim song. I know that. And it's like Stadium Arcadium. Like, <laughs> they released two fucking albums. Double album. And, and there's like two, three good songs on there. Dude, that is one of their worst albums yeah. that they ever put out. Yeah. Um. So, let's get into it. These guys are addicted to not proofing their fucking material or just weeding shit out that's not good. Yeah. They release Unlimited Love. And it is over 60 minutes long. And, and and every song sounds exactly the same. Yeah, I... I, Man, I liked their Josh Klinghoffer shit more than this album. I mean, I didn't like it at all. Uh, <laughs> but, like... <laughs> I, this, this, album, this album somehow was worse. I think uh, Dark Necessities is, like, a really cool I, song. Yeah, Dark Necessities that is That was, cool like, song. really cool. Yeah. I, I thought that they tried new shit with Josh, which is... More than what they're doing here. They're just doing fucking, hey, we're funky, we're old, and we get yeah. naked, but yeah. we're cool. Yeah. And, we I, no longer play anything that remotely sounds aggressive. It's a, it's a shame because like I totally understand now why people hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers so much. Mm-hmm. Just by like yeah. my, my my opinion of them changed from this and everything, you know? Um because not only did they release Unlimited Unlimited Love they came out with another one too. Yeah, let's look I up. I don't even know what it's called. I just know that I listened to one song on it. I was like, nah, man, I'm good. I tried to put it on one day when I was working, and it was just boring. Like, once again, yeah. everything sounds the same. It was. It's called Return of the Dream Canteen. And we've got, like, the most fucking 80s, low-rent, fucking yeah. third-party art on this fucking bitch. <laughs> third-party art. It's fucking bad. It's like... Pantera album art from the 80s before they even fucking became metal 
They're glam. Like, it's bullshit. It's terrible. Anyways, Red Hot Chili Peppers. You fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah. End of story. They do. Tyler, what's, what's, what's your album? Okay. So, uh, coming in at, let's say this would be number six on the Seven Deadly Spins, number three for me, uh, would be an album called Hygiene by Drug Church. Drug Church. Um, really, to me, this song sounds like 90s indie rock ish stuff uh like at parts you know what i mean and like it's a really big source for the album whereas like other other albums from drug church really isn't you know much like that sound is just like a i find it's a sound that's more prevalent on this album than other drug church albums um but like this album just slowly started to come into my field of view uh towards the end of 2021 where they're releasing some singles Right and and one of the first singles they released uh, was "Million Miles of Fun," which to me, dude, that song lives up to its name. It's a million miles of fun. Yeah, no, it's a good song. Uh, it's it's one of my favorites on the album for sure. It definitely is my favorite. Uh, it, it to me, it's like I didn't know what else to call it when it first came out, but like unsettling. Just the way that it's put together, like the wing wing is always like a back and forth, you know, noise that that's it's there and and it's prevalent the whole time and and it really it's it's just so mesmerizing and it just gets as the the band itself is really fun um outside of that you know just a bunch of dudes from new york i don't really know a whole lot about drug church no i don't know a lot about them either um i don't think that yeah like they don't seem like a band that's like wearing their personality on their sleeve by no, no means no the, the songs are very obtruse or Obtruse, obtuse, obtuse, obtuse. They don't really the Bret Hart's thesaurus here. Yeah, like they're they're. (laughs) (laughs) Like I got let me let me see like I gotta get uh, some lyrics up here. Um, Now I will say like the album itself is not uh, totally perfect. You know what I mean? Like that '90s sound to me, I find it starts to overstay its welcome by the time the album's over. You know, I I understand that. Maybe that's where I find I like um nothing like wows me about drug drug church, but I do I like everything that they put out. Like yeah. you could I could listen to their whole discography and I could be like, oh, you like there's not a bad song here. Like mm. I like everything. Like it's good. Like their sound is nice. It's like a throwback that fits right now. Um I find them uh, very much akin to like uh Meatwave in in a way where they're unsettling. Yeah, yeah, but- Meatwave is super cuz like They've got, like, such a... Anyways, I'm going to save that. Um. Yeah. Um, no, they're unsettling, but, like, they have, like, this weird, dark sense of humor to the music. And I find yeah. Drug Church is very similar to that. Like, I, I discovered them uh, from the Cheer album. You know, obviously, <coughs> go on Spotify, Weed Pin is, like, Weed Pin the biggest is the song biggest they ever song put out. Yeah. Obviously, that was the song that I first heard from them. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a really good band. They're a really good band. Like, I like the Detective Lieutenant on the album. It's really good, yeah. And Tiresome was good. Tiresome you know? was good. Those, the, like, the Detective Lieutenant, Tiresome, uh, Million Miles of Fun, World Impact, those those are really the, the big, big standouts on that album. And they've got, like, um... Like a post punk type vibe to them too, you know. Yeah. Where there, it's I find whenever I hear post punk, it's like a lot of heavy bass. Yeah. Uh, distorted look, bass. Distorted heavy fucking and very bass heavy, like it's bass centric. Yeah. Like the guitar usually 
happens after the bass kind of leads you in to the guitars kind of like clanging in. Yeah. And that's what I like about drug, drug church because like you can get like a very like, I don't know, like simple drum beat, very, very hard bass. And the, and the singer's like talking to you. And then all of a sudden they stop. And then they just like everything starts to go. At, at times, the singer really does sound like he's talking to him, talking to you. Yeah, you know what I mean. It really I like does. That, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, like so. Some of some lyrics for for drug church. It's like uh, uh, these things I hear about the way the world works. I bite the knife to ear and slice <laughs> myself. Like it's just like just like the, like I ever find like uh, the things I hear about and the way the world works. And it's just like. I don't know. It's something about it that really gets me. Uh, like, uh, there's some really cool ones too, like in Detective Lieutenant. It's like, Architect and Mason build a square. You're the only one of the signs of meaning. You live in that place, you give it joy, anger, hope, and despair. It's just, just really, I find that's just really good songwriting. I, it just resonates with me. It sticks with me. Um, but yeah, no, like the, the 90s sound really does start to wane on you a little bit. And then there's one song that's really new wavy. Uh, what's it called? Fucking, uh, uh, premier offer. I don't like that. No, one at that's all. fair. I don't like that one at all. But yeah, no. Yeah, you can't blame a band for going out and trying something different. You know, obviously keeps them happy. Exactly. You know? oh, it's like yeah. the Wonder Years, right? Like every time that like creativity strikes, it might not be the best thing, but yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one other thing I'll say too is like when this album was fucking good, it's fucking like up here. You know what I mean? When the album though is not doing like it's, it's the low points are like drastic, like it's just night and day difference. So like and that's why it's number number three, number six. Yeah, once again, it's like definitely just like the Wonder Years for me, where it's yeah. like start to finish, not my favorite thing, but damn, there's some really good fucking songs on this album, you know? Like yeah, 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 exactly. Good enough to be like yeah, good, this yeah. is one of the best ones. Good enough to be in my rotation and stick around there. Absolutely. And like this one is the only album that ended up being on my uh, top songs of 2022 because it came out in March. Oh, so you right? just had so all just year like, long. I was all year long listening to Million Miles of Fun and Detective Lieutenant. Yeah. And, and like to be perfectly honest, those are the two that really stood out the whole year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Cause like where where like uh, other albums just like didn't get into them until later on in the year kind of deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Man, I took an edible and it's just hitting me now. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, fucking beautiful. <laughs> Let's get into story number two or four. Yeah, or four, <laughs> depending on which way you want to look at it. I'm giving you, I, I gave you some B-side stories. There were, there were warm-ups, okay? There you go, warm-ups. Warm-ups yeah. to the real go. deal. There you go. Isn't it freeing to not wear headphones? We're not wearing headphones for yeah, the first yeah, time Yeah, it forever. is pretty nice, actually. It is pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. Not having to deal with my weird little microphone that I always have on mine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I use a gaming headset. Cheap. Cheap. <laughs> All right, number two. I'm, I'm going to try and like order these into how I found them the most interesting. So the most interesting okay. ones I'm going to save for last. Okay. So this is number two. Earlier this year, Spotify CEO, I can't remember his name, he announced that their algorithm is going to be aware of their users' moods. Mm. And it came to fruition. Tell me how. Because it applied to your Spotify wrapped in 2022. You know, you remember all the emotions that they tied in with how your music tied? Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So um, Spotify's watching you. 
So like, they don't necessarily know exactly what your mood is at any given time, but, but they, they depend overall, on your music, your music taste. Overall, and, you're what your mood you're usually are. Yeah, and and, and that's, and, that's yeah. how they that's recommend fair. songs to you and shit like that that's for the fair. most part. Yeah, okay. it's a big part in their algorithm. But the CEO shared that, and that was a new thing that they were doing. So I figured that was a little interesting. S- short and sweet yeah. one. Um, you know, don't be so trusting of your Spotify. <laughs> Just go on Fucked Up's Twitter, and they can, like, They're lead you to a you. lot of shit about that evil, evil company. But they give you some good wrapped I, I'm playlists. Gonna, I, I'm going to have to look at uh, Fucked Up's Twitter, because I, I know nothing about this. Yeah, they're they're very against Spotify. <laughs> Every time the rap comes out, he just retweets a tweet that he put out, like, two years oh, ago really? or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can just get it up right now, honestly. I may as well. Sorry, this is taking so long. It's okay. Well, uh, you keep on looking for it. I, my, my joints. And that tweet was from December first, twenty twenty one, to a link from an NME article. Artist criticized Spotify CEO Daniel X investment in AI defense tech. Reminder that your Spotify rep pays for weapons. And then he retweeted it this year on November twenty eighth. Happy holidays. Fair enough. So it's not necessarily <laughs> how they treat musicians. Well, they're the musicians and don't get any give money. Them money. No, it's that they pay for weapons. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I mean, like, <laughs> true punk rock, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Rotten being a MAGA supporter and everything, that true punk rock, right? <laughs> true punk rock. Hey, you I know, don't man. know what what, what, you know, what that means anymore, man. Johnny let's Let's be real. Yeah, I, he's a piece of shit. I don't know. He's a piece of shit. I'm not even sold that they Have you ever heard the rumors that, like, the Sex Pistols were, like, a manufactured band? Yeah. <laughs> No, that, that's fair. No, I, I haven't heard that. I, I've heard I've heard a rumor of it before, and it's like, like I have respect for Steve Jones. He's the guitar player, but like the whole other part of the band, like I don't know, Public Image was good, which is you know Johnny Rotten's band after Sex Pistols. And They're shit. Uh, actually it's funny. I think Public Image are representing Ireland in the. Uh, Eurovision or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I heard about that. So, yeah. yeah, so holy that got fuck. announced today. That just came out today. Yeah. yeah, that might be a top story in 2023. We'll who figure knows? out. Who knows? <laughs> who? Oh, let's see one Eurovision this year. Oh, I don't even know uh, what Eurovision is. It's a it's a contest where like uh, yeah, I think. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I've never watched a Eurovision or anything like that. But um, each country sends in a band or whatever in Europe, and they write a song. And the top song gets picked, and it's usually the number one song of the summer, of the year that it comes out. Fair. Uh, Maniskin's um, "Wanna Be a Dancer on the Roller Coaster." Uh, I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, yeah, that was the Eurovision song for like last year or this year or something like that. That's fair. That's fair. So, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Where are we at now? This is um, album number five? Number five or two. Number five or two. Or three. Okay. Sorry. Five or three, depending on which way you look at it. Your third your third album. Second album. Well, yeah, but it's like fourth, third, second, first. Right. Right. Oh, I'm so confusing. <laughs> Man, <laughs> know, this is right? like the G1 climax. It All is. these fucking weird Should rules. we assign points to the albums, too? Yeah, I guess like maybe like 
if a band gets on the list two years in a row, it gets points and it gets like an honorary like best album of the year, even though they don't put out an album that year type thing. Like yeah. I don't know, like best riff of the year gets a, best like two points. Yeah, you know. Yeah, best drum best fill of the year. Of, best tweet of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Train wreck worst, of the year. Worst tweet of the year gets like minus three points, kind of deal. The worst ever award, you know, MGK can get it every year. <laughs> Number five. Good lord. Whoops. Whoopsie daisies. All right. Number okay. five is Surf Curses. Surf Curse. Oh my god. Travis. Travis. Oh my god. That edible must be doing you no favors. It hit me a little hard. No favors whatsoever. Number five. Goddamn thing about it, because I'm rolling the joint. (laughs) (laughs) Number five is Surf Curse's Magic Hour. I know the rest of the album album (laughs) names. Sorry. Sorry. Anyways, Surf Curse, if you love them, you hate them, don't know them. They were a two piece band for the longest time. Really? So, like a drummer and guitar player? Just a drummer and a guitar player. Um, They've been around now, I would say, geez. Like, I think their first album came out in 2015. They were a big, like, band camp type band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Before all the Momo rappers took that over. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, their first album would have been in 2015 called uh, Buds. They also had a um, 2015 EP called Sad Boys. So... Yeah. You know they, the vibe they're giving on. You know the vibe that they're giving, but it's really cool. Like, Nick Radigan, um, he also has another band, too. It's really, like, lo-fi, like, electronic music, which is not my thing, but, like, no. my, my girlfriend likes it. Um, I, I, I've, like, uh, I found out about them, like, apparently, like, dead on when they first came out. Like, because their first EP, I fucking listened to it everything on it all the fucking time and buds is like an album that is just um a riff on a bunch of 80s movies okay really so like you've got heather's pony boy um fire walk with me all this kind of stuff right you were showing me that yeah yeah so they got like they're like i guess charming albums in that way and since then i think that they've added more to their um through the lineup because they put out nothing yet in 2017 much more fleshed out heaven surrounds you in 2019 magic hour this year which is just like i would say their opus magnum it, it's the best thing that they've put out yet and opus i, I, I magnum magnum opus <laughs> <laughs> i was like you must have tried that <laughs> opus magnum sounds like, a, sounds like a weird like it's a weird train. condom, I guess. Weird condom, weird train or something like yeah. that. All right, Travis, control yourself. So, wh- they, unlike the Wonder Years, were a lot more tame with how many singles that they put out. They put out, like, three singles. Uh, TVI, which was on, what, NHL? So good. It was, was it on I NHL? Think so, yeah. I think okay, so, so TVI <coughs> TV got the treatment of being on the Vigi Games. I'm giving it a little search, you know, just to confirm. Okay, thank you. Now, with that being said, though, um, Sugar would have came out the first single this year with a very uh, charming, like, throwback video to, like, the 50s type thing, being on, like, Ed Sullivan. It's a very nice song, very um, calming, I would say. Very calming. Which is, like, I, I find, like, the mel- the mood and the melodies of Surf Curse to be, like, a lot different on this album, whereas, like, before, they were just, like, very, like, indie pop 
indie pop punk that type of vibe and now they like took a lot of like risks i found with like a i don't know like sonic youth type vibes at, at points it like uh with uh being fierce city um and then just like really solid melodies from like just crescendoing into a perfect fucking like pinnacle in um a song like lost honor where they have like the best branch out with um like just like the catchiest fucking melody i've ever heard from this band so i would say um once again it's not like an album that every song on the album is like a banger to me yeah but the first half of this album it's pretty goddamn it's so fucking good there's 12 songs i would say up until like unwell uh, up until unwell okay. is like really good um you know it, why that is you know why that is because hmm. one of your favorites rob thomas has a song called unwell and it's probably better jeez oh, yeah yeah you know you know, it, it, it is the best song named Unwell that there is out there. <laughs> and they don't have the banjo either. So oh, like, yeah. Yeah, that you know, soft, subtle piano. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a shame to say that uh, the A-side was um, the peak of the album because TVI was on the B-side. So was Fear City, which... Fear TVI C- is the best song on the album. Yeah, I, I figured TVI would be right up your alley. That's, yeah. That is... It gives me like um, um, pop uh, DVP... Yeah. Like just Yeah, yeah, and then like the name just being three letters. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, sure. I don't know what TVI means, I know what DVP means. Um I would say if you like TVI, that would be what Surf Curse is known for in their sound. That that's what to they To me sound they like. sound like a band from the coast on California. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, 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 yeah. there's that sound to them. Barrier. That's not a bad thing, you know, like um oh, what's the band that I really like that's very um, oh, fuck. It's been a while since uh, Clean Spill. Uh, very, very uh, bayish sounding band, right? Like, um, I, I'm into that stuff. There's also, there's like this. I can't, all I can think of is like it's a dude and a girl and cats. That's all I can think of. Best Coast. Best Coast. Best Coast, yeah. Best Coast. Yeah. yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. I'm glad that dude girl and cats. What I also I was going to say, and this is, might not sound really good, but I was going to say Bobby Lee, a girl and a cat. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think his name is actually Bob, though, <laughs> which is the thing. Um, yeah, no, Bethany Constantino. I followed her on Twitter for years. She's got a really good Twitter. <laughs> She's funny. Um, yeah, another uh, charming thing about this band is that I'm quite sure that the drummer is the lead singer, Nick Radigan. Okay. Which also, okay. like, I cannot stress. I think he's just a fucking really good vocalist. Like he sounds, his vocals are like strung out in a way, but like totally controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very, um, very good album. I would say their best one yet. It's the one time on this list. I would say where experimenting really fucking worked in their favor. So I just really wanted to give them their, um, their flowers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Let them have their cake and eat it too. Um, uh, just to say, this song is on the NHL 23 soundtrack. Uh, so is last year's number one album, Turnstile. Uh, there is also one other uh, album that will be talked about that is also in this list from a band. Oh, I know what that is. And then there is also uh, an honorable mention of sorts that is in the uh, the the Spotify playlist in a Coed and Cambria song. Oh. Well. Oh, nice. So there, there's, I mean, like, this, there, this, good soundtrack. NHL's NHL, on NHL it again. is on it these days. Yeah. Yeah. These last couple of years have been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Shout out to them having idols on their fucking soundtrack last a couple year, years ago. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was last year or the yeah. year before. Kudos. Maybe the year before. Twenty one, I think. I don't think the Angels and Airways on twenty two, fuck's sakes. And I think Pup oh, was on there too. Yeah, they had um sibling rivalry yeah, on yeah, one yeah, of yeah. the um twenty one they had sibling was it rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose yeah. it's time for story number three or five. Whichever way you prefer. Whichever one you prefer. Oh, okay, yeah, this is a little sad one. Oh, Taylor God. Hawkins died this year. Yeah. The beginning of the year, right after Foo Fighters put out what was a f- incredibly oh, fun horror 666. movie called Studio 666. Yeah. Uh, so much fun. And the album to go along with it, too. Which was fucking great. Which, I, I, I had it in my rotation. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know what? If you're going to go out on an album, what great drumming he fucking yeah. did on that yeah. album. Yeah. You know, like, that's crazy to think. What was, what was the band named at that? For oh, that? God. Um, Fucking. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember either. It eludes me. I, I just saw it today because I was looking through my 2022 playlists, and I saw the band, and I'm like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about them. But I'm going to find it right now. Bet you. Dream Widow. Dream Widow. Dream Widow, yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to Encino, March of the Insane. Cold. Really good songs off of Dream Widow's fake album yeah. the fake band's album it's, yeah. it's it's spinal tap you know modern day spinal tap for sure it's, it's true but you know what though I, a rumor tells me that they wrote white noise the movie white limo the oh <laughs> oh yeah maybe they did maybe, maybe they yeah, did maybe dream widow's the, the ghostwriter for that maybe never thought about that or maybe watershed <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know also this might be in poor taste but i gotta mention it because it's taylor Hawkins related the best kill scene in Studio 666 is when Taylor the Hawkins gets head? beheaded. The, the, the drum cymbal? Yeah, the, it, yeah. It was the best. He yeah. had a great performance in that movie as well. Yeah. But anyways, he passed away this year. Incredibly sad, incredibly shocking. Um, I don't want to really say that that's it, okay? Um, so they had the Foo Fighters tribute show, which was incredibly they had, emotional. They had a few of them. They had a few of yeah. them, yeah. And... Um, star-studded lineup like yeah. you know like all the best people coming out Every, dave grohl is probably the most good-willed good-natured musician there people is people gonna say yes to dave Grohl because of just his stock his value yeah. and that people probably more than likely just like the guy yeah he's he seems supposed like, to be the nicest person in rock and roll yeah he's like the mick foley of um yeah. uh, according to what people say right yes. you know yes. he's, yeah. he seems like the mick foley of music yep yep and um yeah so Pulled out all the stops on this tribute show, like them crooked vultures reunited, yeah. which I never thought would happen. John Paul Jones, man, he's like fucking ninety at this point, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Still twiddling that bass. Uh, Still twiddling it, man. But you know what though? Who remembers anything more than just like Taylor Hawkins' son playing drums? Which is what I wanted hero. to get to. I think that um if that was ever to be um the best mo like if only Taylor Hawkins yeah. could have seen that, yeah. you know, it's just I'm sure that he yeah. would have been so fucking happy because his son fucking killed, nailed playing, it, dude. Was was it my hero? My hero, yeah. And what a song too, just like Apropos. there goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. Yeah, like, yes. Yeah. Oh. So, anyways, like I'm getting like fucking a little choked up just thinking about it because like fuck that was like that is a bottle of emotion watching yeah. that clip. Like yeah. the kids fucking letting out, like you can see that he's letting out like every so bit much of, grieving yeah. and like 
I'm sure anger because yeah, that go didn't die all. very um nope. naturally, not in, the, you know? not in the best ways. No. So I'm sure that the kids got a lot of like grieving the process, and I'm sure that, that was a big thing, right? And um, I would go as so much to even say that the Foo Fighters did um, announce that they are coming back at the end of the year. They yep. teased it. Um, yep. I don't want to say I would like to see him their touring drummer. But I would love to see him make more cameos. When he becomes an adult, yes, there's the option. Sure, absolutely. And I can see the Foo Fighters just having like a studio drummer and a touring drummer. Dave being the drummer. In the studio. Yeah. And then just having somebody coming out on tour. Yeah. And and until, you know, uh, he is of age maybe. And who knows? It's like the Dark Order. They're just waiting they're for the next exalted one. <laughs> just waiting for Brody Lee Jr. No, no new uh, lead, man. <laughs> As if the Dark Order ever makes it there. Um, <coughs> but no. Yeah, we're, we're comparing fucking apples to oranges yeah. here. Uh, but no, this, uh, yeah, really sad. Yeah, it was really, really sad. sad. But I, I did want to throw in that, um, yeah, his son doing that incredible performance was... Definitely one of the more feel-good moments of the oh, year. 100%. Yeah, you know. 100%. Because so, we get a little crazy. We get a little crazy, you know. And that'll be probably the top story. We'll get a little crazy this year. Uh, companies, man. So, Tyler. Uh, yes. Your album next. My album, my next album here is going to be uh, Alexis on Fire's Otherness. Uh <sighs> Very good, very good album. This album is like young. So this is the first album they've had come out since Young Cardinals, right? Uh, so that would be 2009 yeah. to 2022 would be the gap. Yes. Now there was a couple singles coming out. About four or five. Yeah. Which were Familiar fucking Drugs, bangers. Seasons yeah. in the Abyss, yeah. Complicit. Neither one of those songs I find sounds like this album. Nor did they cop out and put the songs on the album. No, no, they didn't even do that. Like, oh, and that shocked me. Because, like, yeah. when I went back and, like, I've, I fucking remember this album having familiar. Just, just, just what was in my brain, right? And when I go back to listen to this album again, I'm like, God damn, those songs aren't there, but this album is still a goddamn banger. This song came, this album came out early in the year. Yeah, June. Oh, it was June. Yeah. Fuck. I thought it was much earlier than that. Committed to the Con came out. Right. Now, okay. What a opening riff. What an opening song. Very good impressions. That that riff has, it's embedded in my brain now. Yeah. Like, if I think of Alexis on Fire, I'm thinking of that. Wow. Like, holy shit. And, like, dude, like. What's his name? The lead singer. Oh, uh, what are you talking about? Wait, uh, you're talking about uh, George? Yeah, George, yes. Like, the dude hasn't missed a beat. No. The dude is just as good, if not better, because yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, I got a couple songs on here that I don't know. Very if, George heavy. Not only George heavy, but George trying new things. George trying new things behind Dallas, which is so oh, yeah. fucking good. Um, yeah, man, th- this this album's perfect. I'm not going to go with perfect um, just because admittedly to me, I've always liked Alexis on fire more than anything Dallas green ever came out with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no transitory is probably one of my least favorite singles for Alexis on fire. And it's mainly because it's the very uh, uh, Dallas green heavy song. Fair, fair. 
the Dallas Green heavy songs on the album, I've never ever liked them on any Alexis on Fire. If I wanted to listen to City in Color, I'd listen to fucking City in Color. I don't want to listen. So you don't, you can't separate the two. No, I don't want them. I, to me, Alexis on Fire is Boiled Frogs. You know what I mean? Accidents, pulmonary embolism. Give me that fucking good shit. I don't want the slow Dallas Green moody shit. That's I don't want okay. that. Yeah. I don't want. That's that. fair. That's yeah. fair. That's silly in color. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's that, that's fair. So yeah. I just have a question to ask nope, on that sure. one. For sure. Because um, so, I know that I'm in the minority for that. Because everybody and their fucking dog loves Dallas Green. You know, actually, I, I I disagree because I think that I've met more people with your opinion. Okay. That um, like young cardinals. Yeah. They don't like young cardinals. No, it's not. It's not, not a the big good fan. One. No. Like fair. I I think that that album's great. Young cardinals me, is a really good took, song. Took me a long time to warm up to it. Yeah, it's but it's, it's a very good. big departure. See, okay. Now, I think of Alexis on Fire. This is my perspective of the band, and this is where I like them a lot. They're like... <laughs> Man, I'm going to sound stupid for saying this. But if you just hear me out... Oh, I'm, I'm hearing. I'm hearing. They're very much like the Beatles. <laughs> okay, gone. Gone. Lost on me. Lost on me, bud. Lost on me. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm okay, willing okay. to listen, though. Now... Sure, okay. <coughs> the beginning of Alexis on Fire, um, the first album, incredible. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, the EP with uh, Hey Mom, It's Your Funeral and all that kind of shit. Love it. This could be anywhere in the world. Uh, what is it? Boiled Frogs, whatever the album's Boiled called. Boiled Frogs, Accidents. Crisis. Crisis, Crisis is the album. Yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. the one where they finally kind of separate the workload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Beatles, they started out... It was all McCartney, man. Yeah. Lennon would have a song on the album, maybe. And then they, it's like the Backstreet Boys, only they didn't write their music. Well, sure. Okay. Like, th- there's an instance in probably every single fucking, like, even like, um, even NWA, we could, you know, yeah, like, eventually yeah, everyone ran has a song every now and then. Yeah. So, you know, eventually <laughs> they just get more. But, like, who's, whoever says that, like, I, I think that the Beatles were at their best when everyone had a split workload. Now, I think Alexis on Fire is at their best when I wouldn't say the split workload thing because you got your Dallas Green songs and they're all Dallas Green. They're all Dallas Green. There's there's no point where you're like they're working as a band here. I think that Dallas Green's going into feel like George wrote this verse. Yeah, like I I don't want to I don't want to say it and come off as crass because I actually I love City and Color and I think that Dallas Green and Alexis on Fire and Dallas Green and City and Color. Are fucking two different masks. That's, and that's I, fair. I see there this. is a difference. I get that. They do have a, a severe difference in tone. Because I'm not a big fan of City and Color. Yeah. I know a lot of people that are huge fans. Yeah. And when they put on City and Color, it's not the shit that I enjoy. No. So save your sister. I, I hate that. I like. Um, he put out a full band album called, and um, in 2015, I saw yeah. him live with the full band. Awesome. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. But then um. You know, when he comes to Alexis on Fire, there's more edged and there's a lot of br- like fucking yep. really like um he's really hitting the nail on what yeah. I really like when it yep. comes to music, I guess. And his melodies with George. So this is what I this is what I was getting to. Yeah. They're like the Beatles because these guys harmonize really well. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like you got your um you got your Lane and Jerry Cantrells. Yeah. <laughs> you, which hey, 
Dude, there's a great duo. You, you, to the point Jerry was so crucial to all that. Mm-hmm. So much so that he can continue on without Lane fucking Staley, dude. Like, and it's still good. And, yeah, like it's it, it's not. I'm not saying like, it's great, but no. it's like that. That's every time that they put out an album, it's there's solid. bangers on it. It's solid. All right, like yeah. So this melody works so well, um, and that's what I like about Alexis on Fire. And I guess I just want to, yeah, just kind of. Is do you enjoy that, or do you just like pure George songs? No, 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 no. To me, when Dallas, because Dallas Green is a tremendous vocalist, right? In in the Alexis on Fire setting, I think that he is utilized to his best, uh, highlighting his talents and and just like getting the maximum amount of impact out of his beautiful, clean tone of a voice that cuts through the gravel that is George. Which makes Alexis on Fire so different. Yes. You know? When he comes in with the triumphant courses, dude, fucking blowing loads all over the car. This could be anywhere in the world. Yeah, even songs on this album, like, uh, 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 it's not Reverse the Curse, is it? Well, Reverse or- the Curse is, um, it's pretty much... Um, um, George is doing the verses and Dallas comes in with the, co- it's, the court. It's either reverse the curse or survivor's guilt. Survivor's guilt is, yeah, that's, I think that's a split load song. Um, I'll even bring up the album here. Sweet dreams of otherness too, has a very healthy balance between both of them. Yeah. And, yeah. And same thing with committed to the con as well. Now with that being said though, I think the best songs on this album are the Dallas Heavy songs. You think the best songs are the Dallas Heavy songs? Yeah. See, for me, okay, Committed to the Con is one of the ones where it's like Dallas Green comes in really fucking triumphantly. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, and like that to me is is it's Which so side good. Are you on? Yeah, like he that makes that song right. Like, and I I think that like without Dallas Green, there is no Alexis on Fire. It's not possible. Because he brings so much to it, he is—he's by far the most like like to the to the everybody you know to the to the masses the most talented one of the bunch, which um, is such a shame. It is because George's Wade, the big guy. Yeah, Wade is so goddamn ta- like when he comes in on a song, it's unmistakable that it's somebody else. And it's like he's got George over here who is like force and gravel. Because he's the lead guitarist, right? Yes. Yeah. You got George over here is force and gravel. And then Wade comes in, it's just like it's just gravel. He's not even forcing it, you know what I mean? It's just like I don't fucking He just comes in and it's just so good. So I watched um The Making of Otherness today on youtube Ooh, 37 minutes that, that was a thing it's not even a documentary so they sit down together as a band and talk about it for 37 minutes and they talk about okay, the album i'm heading to youtube right now so I'm adding that not only list. that but i found out i didn't have time to watch this but they break down each song together and that's about 12 minutes a piece too oh. so okay i i got a lot from this doc this uh little interview it was so um entertaining and easy to watch because these guys are Fucking likable as hell. They're so. Oh down- shit! Yeah, no, I'm looking at it, it's like making of otherness, and then it's like otherness track by track. Yeah, twelve minutes each. Like Jesus, man. So Wade comes off as the coolest motherfucker in yeah. this. Like he yeah. he's so awesome. He's like talking. What I got from this is that 
they haven't done this in a long time the way that they did it. They came in and they played and jammed and hung out. They didn't have anything yeah. else to do. It's very much akin to like the, the Blink-182 thing from what we hear. It's okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. not as much so. I think more so authentic here where they're like, you know, we, we came in, we fucked around for two hours, then we started playing a couple songs, then we ate a pizza, we watched Escape from New York, <laughs> and we just stayed, so we stayed here all night, you know? We just yeah. like did, did the thing. And so it sounds like to me, like they came in and they're like, you know, there was no hooks, there was no drama. Like we came in and we just, we just got this done and it was just so good. We all worked together. There was no, like, we want to like have our shit in or anything like that. And it, it seems like that, like the powers that be really made this album fucking work really well. So anyways, I would recommend. I know I just added it to my watch list there. Yeah, It's really good. That's why it may have seemed that I was not paying attention. It was just, no, it was just me looking for that. No, that's okay. That's okay. I wish I would have seen that before watching this album. I might have gotten a little bit more respect for the 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 the, the other songs, right? Like the, the uh, Dallas Green heavy song. Yeah. Uh, well, the Dallas Green heavy song it gave me more context and more value to them, I guess. Yeah. Because he's talking about how he, he once again he's like insecure about them. Yeah. And then you got like George coming in with like really like baritone like growls yeah. behind him and he's like I've never heard you do that before and George is like I've been waiting 20 years to pull it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and like okay so I would say the best songs are Blue Spade the best song on the album San Soleil um, Mistaken Information and well committed to the con for sure. Yeah, th- those would be my faves on the album. Yeah, my mine is uh, uh, reverse the curse. Uh, to me, that uh, lick before like when Wade comes, reverse the curse. Yeah, right. Like yeah. they're like. I fucking love that dude. Like that whole out al- that whole song's uh, guitar is fucking tremendous. Yeah. Um, it's one of the most catchy songs on the album. Definitely, like it's definitely one that really stays with you. Yeah, and it's very work. Like the workload is spread throughout because like Dallas Green comes in for the course and just blows your tits off. Really, your nipples just stand fucking at twelve. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're just going. Uh, committed to the con again is great blend of George and and Green. Uh, Survivor's Guilt. Uh, I like how they kind of fooled me in the beginning with like the 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 eighties synth. You know what I mean? Uh, so which like, I that song was written by one of the lesser known band members too. Oh really? Yeah. Um, fuck, I don't. I can't remember. I don't know whether or not he was the bassist or the drummer, but yeah, one yeah. of the lesser known band members. I'm pretty sure. I, I I really like Survivor's Guilt, and it's got like a a, a nice little like a calm response, like between George and and Dallas too. It was like I, I really like it. and like a lot of. I really like the whole call and response effect in music where you got like this guy's calling out and this guy's response. I, I don't know. There's something about it. that speaks. To, I, I just really like it. Um, I find it original and it's a different take on, yeah. you know, actually like working a structure through a song, I would say. And, yeah. and especially like the way that you can harmonize with two different vocalists, you know, it's, it's just so different drastic styles. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I will say uh, for Dallas green, heavy songs, uh, mistaken information. Yeah, it's 
Because, uh, like, how can you not like the last four minutes? Because <laughs> that's, like, the eight-minute song, right? Oh, man, it's so good. Right, but like, like, it's, it's a droning song. Like, it, it's a tester. It'll test yes, you, you know? But, like, once that guitar starts, like... Laying in on that fucking like four minute long solo, it's fucking. That's a, this is oh. that's one of the songs on this album where I'm like, man, like these guys have figured it out. Yeah, like they they've they've got the formula, and I wouldn't have said even two months ago that this would have been as good as I'm saying now. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of the doc, but like even in the last month, I've like really put this one on repeat because I same with me, you know, like. I wanted to grow a more fondness to it because I I knew everything was so good, but like there's there, I, I, mean, I needed to penetrate through it, you know, yeah. and that's where Blue Spade got me a mistaken information. Like th- yeah. those two kind of led me down the other ones. Um, World stops turning. That is the one song yeah. where I'm like that could be a City and Color song. No, it's, that's fair, fair, but it's good. I I like it. But even Dowell says he's like, I wrote it for City and Color. But, oh, he did? But he's like, I know that there's an Alexis on Fire version of this. Okay, yeah. So, you know. There's this uh, album, the song to even up the album, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good ender, you know. Clocks in at 50 minutes for 10 songs. I, yeah. But, you know, it's it's good. It, I, I would say damn near perfect. Yeah, like, like immediately when you turn on this album, it's like such a, a dredging guitar tone mm-hmm. that almost like starts the album and goes on throughout that's not at, at like any other uh Lexus on fire album that i'm really aware of at least to that extent anyways um it's just such a a theme for the album very to me a high point of the album i really love where they went with the guitar tone uh really you know, that's one of my highlights of this album is i think the, the tone of the tone. music like the tempo like everything i, I just think like the content of the music and everything, it's just so it's so perfect. Yeah. Like it's just really like it sticks out from any other album. I think that it's up there with Crisis. You know, like yeah, it's really yeah. good, really fucking good. Yeah, man. yeah. Like I will say, uh, I don't think there will be a Lexus on Fire song that ever touches Boiled Frogs for me. That's fair. That's to fair. Me, the, that's the perfect song. Or like, cause like it's a single. That has George, Dallas Green, and holy fuck, there's a full-on verse from Wade. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For, like, the first time. Yeah. yeah. And, dude, like, it just shows, like, dude, he can just do this just as good as, like, the rest of us can. He's just, he just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that's how talented these other two guys are. The fact that he has to have two other bands just to satisfy his need. Right? Like. <laughs> They're very creative individuals. Yeah. You know, like, the, the, Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're an uncut fucking gem. They're they're a band that deserves so much more. Yeah, yeah, and I think would be a whole lot bigger if they weren't from fucking Nova Scotia. Yeah, isn't that no? They're not from Nova Scotia. I think they're, they're from, from Ontario. They're from Ontario. They're, they're from Ontario. They're from Ontario. Yeah. Like they would be a lot bigger, I think, if they weren't from Ontario. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they never got much broad appeal, because I'm sure that they're pretty big over in Europe. But man, they are fucking. Yeah, I don't know. They're just a fucking solid band. One of those surprises. I'm gonna check see. Uh, just uh, where do you find that on fucking? I suppose you gotta look at an album to see. That, I guess. Oh well, whatever. Fuck it. I was gonna see like where they've charted in the in the states and shit like that, but I don't know where to find that. Anyways, anyways. 
that would have been some um, more intricate studying. Yes. 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 Unfortunately, I did not do that. Anyways, I uh, would imagine you have another story. Yeah, I do. What is this, number four? Uh, I th- number maybe. four? Yeah, I think it's number four. <laughs> Let's go maybe. with number four. Sure, fuck it. Uh, do you remember when we were young? Like the, uh, the, uh, like the Blink-182 song? When we were young, <coughs> the buildings were taller, the cities were vast. The That's a Blink-182 song? Yeah, yeah it's oh. from the Doggies, Dogs Eating Dogs oh, no, EP. Don't even know it. <clears throat> Um, no, I'm talking about the festival, Tyler. I, I, I knew what you were talking about. I just figured I'd say that. Nah, yeah. yeah. So Blink-22 has been a theme of this album. You're welcome, Jim. Yeah. And I mean, hey, they're headlining the next When You're Young. So, yes. Anyways, the When You're Young Festival from October 22nd, 23rd, and 29th of this year took place in uh, Winchester, Nevada. The Las Vegas Festival Grounds. Now, now, did you mention the date that didn't happen? I was going to get to that. No, but I mean, like, in your dates was the date that it didn't. Well, I'm assuming the big gap in between the 23rd and the 29th would be the reschedule. I don't think they rescheduled, did they? Either way, either way. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Because I think, like, some, some of the bands just never played. So, what it was was that it was a one-day event for October 22nd. Okay. So, due to high weather, obviously, got canceled. Or high high wind. High, high, high weather. weather. <laughs> high weather. <laughs> high weather in my head right now. Oh, boy. Ah. <laughs> so, anyways, the tickets sold out, like, in a fucking hurry, man. Like, this was, like, the yeah. most anticipated concert festival of the year. Like, when it came, when it comes to, like, these, like, unannounced ones that are, like, oh, too good to be true type thing, right? Like, looking at the fucking lineup here, you know, My Cup Called Romance, Paramore, Bring Me the Horizon, Day to Remember, Pavel Levine, AFI, Mom Jeans. It's so weird. Of all those bands to have mom jeans, well, the there. fucking Pixies are on here too. That's a weird one out of this bunch. Yeah, because like really weird one. Mom jeans fits in here a little bit. They're like I just the mean the wave. era. I just mean the era. Well, there's a it. couple like lesser known ones. If you just look really hard and squint your eyes, <laughs> car seat headrests. You know, another one that just like, doesn't belong there. If you ask, like car seat headrests. <laughs> um, of sure note. they sound like that era. Uh, well, I'm sure that they, they got, weren't that era. But Tyler. You can't just like it's open. not like when car seat headrest was young. But you can't open because di- that's they're playing with the bands that they were young. No, but it's like you got to get the new generation in to open because you can't have Taking Back Sunday opening up the show. Like it's gonna be like okay, so no, we, we, we got fucking, this, we got this festival lineup. You have Phoenix TX. We got we got this fucking festival no lineup, Tyler. Yeah, and it's so star studded that fucking Avril Lavigne's opening up at ten a.m. <laughs> Like, you know, too good to be true type bullshit. So, like, obviously, they had to get these fucking, like, young bands in. So, like, you know, once people filled up, they could fucking yeah. get the real bands in. You yeah. know, like, I'm sure that there was a method to their madness. Oh, yes. Despite half of the lineup still being young. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I highly recommend just just the high, the best part of all of this is that New York Times did an article chronicalizing the disaster of this and it makes it sound so much fucking worse than it actually was 
they're just like all these fucking poor kids all these poor emo kids they they spent a thousand dollars to get the fucking nevada the cheapest fucking ticket you can get on a fucking airplane yeah oh these poor fucking kids and then they got stranded in nevada due to high winds yeah and and it's just it's like a hard times article i swear to god because like all the photos are just like egregiously dressed up girls and shit like that did the wind blow their hotel down (laughs) it's it's like oh no oh no your festival your festival got rescheduled yeah oh no oh no you went to the fucking like i'm like could you get refunds well tyler like they rescheduled it the day later. It, it happened on October 23rd. Yeah, but then there was a... No- and then 29th, too. But, like, didn't the bands that played on the 23rd... The only one that, the only one that got pulled was Cursed Headrest, and um, it looks like Matt Skiba had an issue, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I thought more than that, like, didn't do it. Well, there might be. I am not aware. Okay, fair enough. But I just wanted to mention the tumultuous uh, meltdown that was this festival, and everyone like hyping it up to be that it's going to be too good to be true. Just want, just wanted to throw that out there. You but know? it, you know, like it kind of was. But in a way, it wasn't though. Those bands were going to be there. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that people hype this up like it never happened before. This happened in 2017. What, like a reunion of sorts? No, the When We Were Young Festival. It happened. Oh, did it really? Yeah, but guess who the headliner was? Uh, fucking uh, Steel Panther. I just want to preface. The people opening, Fiddler, okay. AFI, Turnstile, Together Pangea. Wow. Senses Fail, Silver Sun Pickups. Jesus Christ. Mike Watt. He's the fucking basis of the Minutemen. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Get Up Kids. Descendants. Guess who the fucking headliner was? Uh, no effects. Morrissey. (laughs) 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 Fuck you, Morrissey. Go eat eat a fucking prime rib roast. They're just like, right, let's like, let's read the room. Go eat a chicken wing, you fucking garden flower. (laughs) Like, Jesus fucking Christ. So next, so next Morrissey. year, Morrissey's not on the lineup, but MXPX is. <laughs> I even mentioned... No, no, I said Phoenix TX. I oh, I Phoenix thought you said TX. MXPX. Anyway, I might have said MXPX To me, the lineup time. for next year looks good. They they got Newfound Glory. They got MXPX. Some, some 41. Reliant K. Whew, wow. Oh, wow. Thrice. Wow, Jesus music. <laughs> Michelle Branch. What the fuck? <laughs> And Jim Class Heroes and Goldfinger and Good Charlotte and the Front Bottoms and headlined by Blink-182 and Green Dead. Green Day, yeah. All right, cool. Phoenix CX is also on the show. <laughs> <laughs> he actually is. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh I didn't shit. think. I thought that that segment was going to be a dud. It turned out oh, to be fun. Fuck. All right. Anyways, next album is... <sighs> Prince Daddy and the Hyena, self-titled. Now, off the cuff, I don't think Tyler liked this album. I'm not too sure. I, I, it almost works in the same way as, um, oh, what was the, uh, the Wonder Years album? When they're doing, like, their up-tempo stuff. Yeah, the up-tempo I'm, stuff I'm really you like a lot. It. Yeah. When they slow down, uh, it loses me at times. Um, but nonetheless, as soon as you put this on, 
If you've ever heard Prince Daddy and the Hyena, you know this is Prince Daddy and the Hyena. They have a sound. They figured yeah. this shit out, man. Like that's that's a really interesting thing. Like this is a pretty new band. Like they're not they're not fucking old. They're not spring chickens either. They've been around <laughs> since like 2015 again. Kind of like it's kind of a theme going on here. Surf Curse and uh, Prince Daddy and the Hyena kind of, kind of spawning at the same time. Anyways, though, these are kind of like um. I get the vibe they're like Midwest, mid, Middle East, mid, oh, Midwest emo kind of deal. Yeah, well, not Midwest emo, but like Middle America type thing. Like oh, okay. you know, like I don't know. They're on um, what's that fucking counterintuitive records and stuff like that. So that's where I found out about them. And their first album was very much like I would say different than what all the other kind of like popular punk bands were putting out, but it still had that similar vibe. Like it's more aggressive pop punk to me, but, and slowed down too. Okay. Like the lead singer, Corey, he has like this real guttural voice. And for the first two albums, it was incredibly fucking guttural, like very fucking guttural. And I can't believe that he kept it up because it would fucking strip the vocal cords of a fucking normal person. (laughs) Uh, They're actually from New York. Are they from New York? And which which is like because they take it to uh, also on this list, drug church from New York doesn't necessarily sound like they're from New York. That's that's true. Really? Yeah, yeah. But I guess that that makes a lot of sense because their their music is like very moody and like I can see like the weather of like yeah. New York in now, this in this music in the, a way. You they're know? from Albany, New York, not New York. I know York. Albany. Like that's perfect. Really? That makes so much more sense. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> But man, uh, I I do want to bring up their past because like their first album, I thought you didn't like leaving. It starts off with the self-titled song, like as is, and it's like a fucking ripper, man. Like it's one of the first things that got me into them, and like I I can like just hear it in my head like right now. Um, But then like they started branching out. Um, They developed a concept album on their last album called Cosmic Thrill Seeking Forever. And it's about a guy who essentially takes acid, has a terribly bad trip, and he feels the effects of it for months on end, to the point where he has a um, non-sentient being with him all the time called the passenger. I think I think you've told me about this before. Yeah, so that album is very interesting yeah. to get into, and it's got a lot of catchy, like... Tony Hawk's Pro Skater esque songs on it. That that's a I'll very never complain about that. That's a very big vibe <laughs> that I get from um, Prince, Prince Daddy. Daddy. Is like if you were to put out a Tony Hawk album or a Tony Hawk game every year, Prince Daddy would like be on like all of them. Just that's fair. That yeah. they always have like a certain song, like um, a random exercise in impertinence, which is like the second song on the album. That is a fucking like fast balls to the wall song yeah. from start to finish that that's prince daddy's like kind of original mystique right yeah. and then with that cosmic thrill seeking forever album they kind of take something different every song blended into each other it, it was a bonafide concept album from the first bit to the very end of the album they had a story and it was like you know the guy is still fucked up but he is finally like not not like thinking that everything is fucking turmoil around him yeah so they kind of like go back into that into this album like i feel like in a way 
the acid flash, the acid trip that almost ruined his life, wrote into a concept album, is like, it kind of like fucked up the music world too of his own music. Like, the music is never the same after that album. It kind of like gets unsettling. Like, I find this album is a little unsettling at points because, like, especially at the end of the album. Like, the end of the album, to me, like, is really dark. Really, okay. really fucking dark. I, I'm, I'm talking about the self-titled album. Yeah. Um, which is a total different aspect to the beginning, which is exactly what their last album is. So, I don't know exactly what story they're trying to tell. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. But anyways. Anyways. Anyways, and it, it, it is a good album. Um, well, they, and I do like uh, certain portions more than others, but like I wouldn't be able to go out and tell you which songs it is. But like overall, the band is really good. You know what I mean? Uh, I I got no complaints about it. Sure, there's some songs that I can just like shuff over there, and I don't need to listen. to that. El Dorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like when they're on, they're fucking on. Yeah, I like the chances that they took on this on this album. You know, like they got some. I like the slow stuff. I like the fast stuff. El Dorado's a really, really like that's like a late like a nineteen ninety nine pop throwback to me. Like just in a way, like the beginning, like the electronic like oh, okay. heart, like fucking hand drums. Like I don't know, man. I find it charming. Like some real like cliche emo songs, like shoelaces. Um. Jesus fucking Christ. Was, Jesus fucking Christ is a fucking great that is, song. That that's my favorite song yeah. on the album, and I kind of like had to put this album on my list. Not only because I really liked it, but statistically, Spotify Rap said that I played it more than anything <laughs> else. Um, the album came out in April, so I guess that would also kind of be the antithesis to that. But like, yeah, like I remember this album coming out and the Pup album coming out, and I was like shocked that both were like, I, I thought both were like, I didn't know, I couldn't pick a favorite. Oh, okay. I really couldn't. It was so hard to choose. And uh, yeah, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, that was about it. That yeah. was about it. This is uh, I, I, one thing that stuck uh, stood out to me too in the album was uh, the intro to uh, was it keep up and walk or something like keep that. keep up that talk keep up that talk that song is so catchy yeah like the is like the intro and just everything else yeah it's great this the intro is just i, I fucking loved it yeah they they have like a, a lot of like slowed down like real like i guess chill songs yeah. on this album and i like them a lot because it's not so angsty and it's it's it's, it's a nice a nice balance because once once they get to i would say there's a part and it's like I, I want to define it as like I don't know like a segment in the album and like literally like I wish that I could like compromise it with a full name but it's from disc- discount 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 assisted living that's a hard thing to say to ba- baby blue like black mold is fucking like that shit's fucking dark like that that's a pretty fucking dark song um anyways uh I, I just thought a healthy blend of like mood to like um what they're known for to trying different shit. I, yeah. Really fresh. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I knocked loose the booger in my nose oh, and no. I ripped the hair out. It was fucking terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. 
What's also terrifying, Tyler? What? Is COVID-19 misinformation. Okay. Okay. Oh, is this, You know what's this... also terrifying? What? Listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay, fair enough. It's terrifying. You know what's also terrifying? I don't know, Travis. Tell me. Neil Young getting on your ass. <laughs> that, that's, that's the scariest thing you've said yet. <laughs> Earlier this year, Neil Young requested to be taken off of Spotify in protest of Joe Rogan spreading COVID-19 misinformation. Yes, yes, yes. I remember this story. Yes. Yeah. So... Did he ever get taken off? Yes. He did? He did get taken off. He got completely taken off. Completely yeah, taken off. Completely taken off. Does, doesn't he... So... Isn't it like... like what, Where is he now, though? He's he, got his so own He's, thing, he's on he? Amazon. Yeah, oh. So he's on Amazon Music and he's on Tidal. Everybody has Amazon Music and they don't know it. Yeah, so, like... <laughs> if, uh, you know, okay. I'm a big Neil Young fan. Yeah. Like... Admittedly, um, whether or not I agree with this whack fucking thing that he did with Spotify, <laughs> um, you know, I think Joe Rogan, I, I used to be a big fan of Joe Rogan. I think he's taking a fucking turn down south. I jumped the shark. You know, he, he definitely jumped the shark. I don't want to get into it, but like, I, I see both sides. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, like Neil Young's me, being super dramatic about this. To me, I always and like, he's no better for siding with Amazon. Like no better at all. Like because like, Neil Young's a hippie at heart, yeah. albeit like obviously he's like in his seventies, so he's probably like Jesus. not privy to like he's not bleeding heart hippie because that would literally kill him. Yeah, but he's hippie. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, I'm a I'm a rich man. He's a rich man who's hippie. Like, yeah, I, I, res- I respect. He doesn't live uncomfortably. He's just a hippie, but he's rich. Yeah, yeah. He's got comfy chairs, but he's a hippie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's he's got like his like niche fan base nowadays. You know, he's got a lot of haters, man. Like, I I, I saw this thing on Twitter, man. Like, people fucking hate this guy. <laughs> I, I like shout out to Scotty who like ragged on me one time for liking Neil Young. Like, <laughs> what did Scotty say? I can't remember. It doesn't even matter. Uh, um, <laughs> but funny. like, yeah, I people fucking hate this guy, and eh, you know, I understand he's probably pretty boring to a lot of people. But, yeah, yeah, motherfucker stood up to Daniel Ack and his defense weapons. <laughs> he got taken down Spotify. Oh, uh, uh, fucking hell. Uh, Tyler, what's your next album? Oh, my next album. Oh, my God. I'm ripped out of my fucking mind. My next album, my, my top album of the year, uh, is The Unraveling of Pup the Band. By Pop, the band. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, so this album, so Pop has a sound. They're so far in their four albums they've had. This is their fourth album, yeah. They haven't truly strayed from that sound all that much. No, but this is the first time where they probably straight away from their typical album formula definitely a formula four chords as a song in itself is unlike any pop song that's ever been not re- love released it. it's so it's, off it, key it's it's really especially dude like it's 
see, it starts off really off key, but it's charming at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, but then like those strings come in at the end, dude, and it's just like, holy fuck, this is great. Right? Yeah, like, what makes that song good is how imperfect it is. Yeah, like I, I, it's it just Pup is so self aware about. I, I just think that they like they're so self aware about who they are as a band and how much that they will achieve that they're willing to take shots at this shit and really like I don't know like they write such good songs man like the four chords things is just like blowing company budgets yeah. and all this L- bullshit and the other two versions is whatever they're or just like, like kind of fuck ups right like nine so- nine seconds each. Right, like there's nothing to them. I think it's just like trying to like live up to the unraveling of the band as the album goes through until yeah. you get the pup. The band is filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, at the end of it, which is a tremendous song. Um, but you see a lot of great growth as a band with these guys. Yep. Uh, and, and it's like as soon as you press play with four chords, uh, habits, grim reaping, or grim reaping. Um, Relentless. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, big steps forward. Uh, but still keeping that, you know, pop charm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the most uh, courageous song that they did write on this song is Cutting Off the Corners. I, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, like they got their sad songs and their slow songs, which are usually like the epics. Usually it's it's um, Scorpion Hill, uh, uh, Pine Point, Pine Point the uh, Coast, Yukon. the Yukon. Yeah. yeah, usually it's an epic. Um, yeah. That is what's missing on this album see and and you you put it a little bit differently than i would put it because i that's my uh nitpick of this album is like the slow songs are missing it so like they i i I don't tend to enjoy the slower songs other than like four chords um because they're missing and you know what it is why they don't feel so epic is yukon the coast uh pine point uh, Scorpion Hill, they all have a grandiose sense of storytelling to them. They're narrating you through a story. It's also all about places. It's true. True. They're all named after places. And I don't know. Maybe the pandemic due to like, I don't know. Maybe there was like no inspiration for maybe a story like that. I don't like, know. The Yukon is about going up to uh, the Yukon Valley. Getting stuck there. Getting stuck. But like, I think his brother passed away there as well yep. in an accident. Right. So it was like going back to that place and all the emotions that you get there. And you're like, go. Oh, right. Like, and the the whole song tells you such a tragic story and then the music behind it is is so unsettling the coast is about a, a native family it's a story that Nestor's grandma used to tell him about yes. a monster that would eat souls the, yes because it got hungry yeah. yeah yeah that 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 is such a good fucking song it's tremendous pine point the same thing scorpion hill which is so dark scorpion hill is fucking dark it's yeah no that, unbelievably that, that, dark if you know the content like i've never heard pup talk about it you know nor do i need to all you gotta do is that read song into it fucking tells you yeah. what it is sun finds a gun yeah right? like, like it's about a depressed fucking dad yeah. i probably doesn't have his son yeah. probably only gets his son every now and then and like yeah it gets fucking dark it's yeah. it, it's, it it's gets a sad yeah, it's a sad song yeah pup, like, is, pup is really good at Tugging at those heartstrings, yeah. which sleep might be in the missing. heat. I haven't oh. listened to that song. I haven't either. I, can, I'm I can't not going do to. that one. I'm not going to. That's what's missing on this album too. Yeah, is they there? There's a couple of things that I guess I've learned 
to get accustomed to on a pop album. Mm-hmm. Morbid stuff yeah. is up there with like any of them. Start to finish. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah, and then you don't and then you got another thing too. Where's the where's the old wounds? The full blown meltdown. The the super heavy. Every time Which is pop the band filing for bankruptcy, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. But they just waited till the last song to do it. Yeah. Uh but like there were many points in this song where I was just like, Oh, is this gonna be it? Like it started like, Oh, this is gonna be the fucking full blown meltdown or yeah. whatever, right? Um, yeah, but no, it wasn't. Uh, to me though, like they also had like that weird, like Mabu from from what is it? The self title That's from the first one. Yeah, uh, just tells a story about his car, mm-hmm. his shit box of a car that that he remembers so fondly of. Uh, that's where like uh, Robot writes uh, a love song. I love that song. It's just about a computer broke down and how he's getting it fixed and shit like that. <laughs> like maybe that's where the storytelling went was in that song. But like, it's is uh, that song really it, charming? That song is so charming, and it, it that one was a sleeper on yeah. me, man. Yeah. Like that that was like the fucking that was the first real single that they put out because Waiting came out a while back like yeah. waiting came out with uh like a kill year something. before this it came, came out, out with them? kill something which did not make the album because it, it's it's a b-side yeah. it's a definite b-side it's about his dog just beating the shit out of things <laughs> it, it's from, written from a dog's point of view about killing things i love because oh, okay. he beats the shit out of his toys yeah. and rips them apart that's fair yeah that's fair. charming yep. once again right uh so yeah like robot writes a love song like yeah, so many charming little like computer references, tech references, and yeah. how he like uses it to kind of like write. Yeah, like he's writing it like like a love song, but yeah. it's through it can be mistaken a for a love song. of him fixing a broken computer, yeah. and then like yeah. I just love. As we hit the rumble strip <laughs> and they actually play the fucking rumble strips that literally like I'll be in my car driving and I'll you literally think you're in the rumble. I'll strip? do the rumble yeah, strip yeah, thing yeah. with my mouth. I'll be like, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh yeah. That like, it's just like a low key part of that song that really stuck with me. And it's just like, oh man, there's so many subtle things. Like you listen to it once. No, nah, not really. But then there's a couple more times and it really like opens you up to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, like the, I got no, no complaints really other than, yeah, like, I'm so glad that you had the exact same thing where it's just like this, like this missing the epic yeah, slow song. It, it, like, it, I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone it, in that. Cause like, like I, I was like, man, I really hope like, it's like what I'm going to say here ain't going to fucking like, it's going to fall on deaf ears if Travis doesn't feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, right. no, if I've just vehemently disagreed. Yeah. Which which I don't. I um I this album has a place because if it it slowly worked up on me, you know, it came out a long time ago, but it didn't all hit on me. Mm-hmm. Like waiting's yeah. perfect. That Waiting. Jeff Rosenstock fucking live video yeah. from Seth Meyers where Jeff yeah. Rosenstock's playing the fucking sax and he gets in on it. Yeah. Give me a Jeff Rosenstock and pup song. Like, yeah. I need it. I need it hooking in my fucking veins. I, I'll pay I for it. I wouldn't mind an album to be completely honest a full album yeah oh yeah like sign me up i like i'm just like being optimistic just like at least a song like give me something but yeah yeah, like it really took a long time for me to warm up to it like grim reaping is one of my low-key favorites that took a long time on me it's it's kind of like yeah a little different from what they do and relentless relentless is a good song but it 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 took a long long time the relentless uh, i think like 
everything with the music, I think is fucking really fucking great. But I don't get behind what the lyrical content yeah, of the song. It doesn't have that pop charm. No, no, you know what I mean. Like, like it's a good song. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's not up there with like when I think of pop and it's just like no matter what the 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 content is about, it uplifts me. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just doesn't have that feeling. Um, they do have like though like some quintessential pop songs though that totally yeah, totally like f- f- hit me from the start yeah. like Matilda totally fine yeah. you know like those songs are awesome they are they, great. they are yeah and then like totally uh, totally fine and Matilda are on like two different spectrums of that absolutely like, to me totally fine is like yeah if you're gonna pick like the like one song that sounds like pop from this album it's totally it's like, fine yeah you'll take totally, totally fine. fine right because like, Matilda's not as good as totally fine it's like night and day difference on how good you know what I mean but like yeah. But Matilda, like, it's a good song in a certain mood. and that, But that chorus, that chorus always gets me. Like, if I stick along to the song, like, that chorus hooks me every yeah. time. And then I'll stick around for the rest, for sure. But, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like an earworm, though. It's a head creeper. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love that, like, who up in the corner collecting dust. And it had a great music video too. Yeah. I, I love the video. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's cool. It's, um, it's a cute song about his bad guitar. Yeah, yeah. My one low point of the album, though, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if maybe you could even think of what 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 song this might be. Um, Cutting off the corners. No uh, habits. Habits. Yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't hit me hard. No. no. Um, like. I don't know. Uh, it's just the the ele- I, I don't want pop to be electronic. You know what I mean? Like it just upsets me a little bit. Like and like kudos to them. You know what I mean? Like we started off this by talking about how much like growth they've shown. Yeah. Right. Like, so like I'm not gonna sit here and condemn them for fucking doing an electronic ish song. Yeah. But I- it's not what I'm going out to find in pop. For you know sure. What I mean, no. And which is a horrible thing to say. Because I want Pup to grow and everything, but, like, well, like my own selfish reason. Speak for yourself, but, like, when I when I first found out about them for, from The Dream Is Over, yeah. I thought Dream Is Over is perfect. Like, from yeah. start to finish, yeah. perfect album. Morbid Stuff was, like, it wowed me. Like Really good. Like, fucking awesome. Really good attempt to follow up The Dream Is Over. Really good follow-up. Hard yeah. to top The Dream Is yeah. Over. But they fucking tried, man. And... Like, even that EP that they put out, like, right at the pandemic, I thought was fucking yeah, solid. this place sucks. This place sucks ass. Yeah, yeah no. Like, yeah, really, really, yeah. really good. And, like, too, that's not saying the self-titled pop album is fucking oh, tremendous. It, it's great. It's like, great. Like, there's not a low point on that, like, Lionheart. Like, that's a low point in that album. And that's not a low point, but and that's... And it's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great album. I, I just it would have hit me harder if I was a fan of the band yeah, yeah, when yeah. the album came out. You just listened to uh, to Dream Is Over first. And then... Yeah, and like Dark Days is amazing. Yeah. Like We've I love that dark song days. so much. Yeah. Guilt Trip, best music video. Uh, Reservoir is great. Yeah, yeah. Like, Guilt Trip is a great music video. Reservoir music video where the, like the, everything's falling apart at the set. It's yeah, it's they're so having good. the worst day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. I, I yeah. That's one thing that band has always had. Is Tremendous music videos. Oh, all Maybe the time. until this album, because I don't know. I don't remember any music videos. Robot Love Writes Love Song was kind of a weak music video, yeah. but it's cute. 
Because like kids um, had a tremendous music. Totally video. fine is like them in like a board meeting and Stefan's like Steve Jobs. Matilda is I like I don't know if I've seen them. Oh, I don't that's know good. If I've seen them. They're teasing one though. They're teasing Puppet Band Files for Bankruptcy in every music video at the end. Really? So I don't know if that's ever coming mm-hmm. or not, but I've, I've, I've been waiting. That, that's I'm the best song on the album. I've been waiting. I've been it, waiting. Dude, th- that song is fucking tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like. Because yeah. it's got that wacky pop uh, 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 structure. They're like, so self-aware. Like, yeah, like, like they're you know, not singing about anything like that's going to change the world. They're singing about stuff that is like in the grand scheme of things, in any scheme of things, it doesn't fucking matter. Really, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just but it comes off as such a fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, oh, so much, so much. Yeah. I, I, yeah I, if you're not in a band, that song just means nothing to you. You know what I mean? But like, you know, they're fucking pissed. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. What's what's that line? Um, I sold those Nikes. I bought a new guitar case. It's called protecting your investment. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just like yeah. uh, there. There's lines where Pop has these lines in their songs that are so fucking great, and that like I don't even know. Like I keep on stressing the self aware thing, but like you they are, are very self. You know what I mean? There, yeah. where like they they write these songs where it's like they're totally opening up the curtain, and they're like. Come on in. This is what yeah. it's like. This is what it's really like in here. Yeah. And I'll show yeah. you what it's really like. Yeah. It's not what it fucking looks like. No. And like, there's little hints in that too. And like, the dream is over where, uh, like, if this tour doesn't kill you, kill me, I will. Yeah. Or if like, this tour doesn't kill you, I will. They're so blatant. They're like, <coughs> you know what? Being in a band fucking sucks yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. like, that music video is great too. With like, the, the, Pouring gasoline the gasoline on them and just like lighting them on fire yeah. and stuff. Oh, dude. It's Once so again, good. yeah. Yeah. They're... And then like all the, the Stranger Things kids fucking. Uh, oh, Finn? His, yeah. His fucking, was it, three music videos? He he's in Sleep in the Heat, Guilt Trip, and uh, I feel like he's in one more. I can't I feel remember. like he is too, but maybe he's not. Maybe it's just those two. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure, honestly. Because Mabu is uh, Destruction Derby. Yeah. Lionheart's literally a time-lapse video of a party. Time-lapse party, yeah. Uh, yeah, DVP is just a montage of clips. It has nothing to do with the band at all. First thing I ever saw. Mario 3 is in it, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. Uh, Just like with the lyrics. It's basically a glorified lyric video. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a visual video. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember, man. I can't remember. Honestly, it's it's eluding me at the moment. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah, right. uh, really good album. Uh, my my favorite album of the year. Yeah. Now, and now and and I say that just because Pup is one of, uh, is one of my favorite bands. Pup, yeah, like uh, man, my 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 favorite bands are pretty much like fucking Canada centric. Yeah. Like right now, like fucked up and Pup. I I just like you you can't deny how much you go back to a band and yeah. then like whether or not you admit it or not, you know what? Like Pup has like never stop being like one of my most listened bands such a good band. since i found out about yeah them, you know yeah so it's anytime true. that they put something out there might be like this initial bias but like no realistically like there was some misses on this album of course yeah but which you don't really get with a lot of pop albums but i'm gonna like give them the benefit of the doubt more yeah. than any of the other bands yeah. because they are pop yeah and i'm like you know what like <coughs> try the electronic shit like it's fine like just yeah. just do it like it's fine but like yeah. You know, like, like just remember your strengths. Yeah, like yeah the, just, the things that really make your albums yeah. like hit home. Yeah. Tell me a story, Stefan. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, please, exactly. Please. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. For sure. For sure. Uh, 
Yeah. And and at the same time, too, like I say this is my number one album. But if you ask me tomorrow, I could tell you it's the otherness. Well, that's not far. Sure, yeah. So, like, I, I, I flame flam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, like, I've totally forgot about that. I spaced on that album, and, like, I listened to it a lot, at the it, like, for a <laughs> section, for, like, a month, and then just forgot it even existed. Yeah. And then I'm making my list, and I can't think of it. And it's just like, what? Uh, I don't fucking... I, I, I'm missing something, but whatever. And then as soon as you're, like, my honorable mentions, I was like... <gasps> Oh no! Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you had Vaxus on there, and I, I, I disagreed. Yeah, I, it was I, the cop out. Yeah, it was a cop out <laughs> answer to put there, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I still enjoy a portion of that album, but like we'll get into that later. So, we have some more stories to tell before Travis's. My, I guess my album of the year. Yeah. I, 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 it's hard to pick honestly because I do I do agree with you on the pup yeah. choice. That's yeah. that's one of my favorite ones. Prince Daddy was a great album. So like these, this is my top three. Like this is realistically yeah. my top three yeah. with your your number two with your number one. Yeah. But anyways, these stories um, we talked about it already. But Blink One Eighty Two reunites. Yes. Yes. October eleventh, and- which does feel like a lot longer ago than it actually was. Dude, it it really truly does because we're in this in the dead of winter right now. Yeah. And that just makes everything seem like it's been a long time. Yeah. I guess it's been um, a long winter, eh? Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, uh, pretty much all like it started off like this string of bad luck for Ticketmaster. E- yeah. So. You know what I mean? Like, you, you hold your horses, Tyler. I'm holding. I'm holding. You hold your horses. But the pop punk revival has taken a backseat to uh, Blink-182 because Travis Barker can only do two things at once. That is one musical commitment and Kourtney Kardashian. <laughs> the man is not good at multitasking, you know. He can, he can, only, do, he can only do so many songs at once. Yeah, there's only, there's only so many songs that you can you know, do the same drum fills in. Yeah, you know, so... <laughs> Before people start realizing you do the same thing over and over and over. I, I haven't heard from Kenny Hoopla since since uh, the Blink-22 is reunited. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny Hoopla, if you're out there, please please send something out. I'd like yeah, to hear like, you again. Do you still have a drummer? I fear that the only reason why I really was into Kenny Hoopla was because of the Travis Barker influence. I like that fucking song that I don't think Travis Barker was on the first one that got No, he right. wasn't in like uh, the blah 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 by the side of the you highway. My head off. I don't care. That song is one of his best songs. I, I do really like yeah. that song. That's yeah. the one that I found yeah. out about. That's like the first shout, one I heard. Shout out to Colton Kelly. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the fucking theme, his song. theme song. Yeah, yeah. That was dope. I remember that. Yeah, so we already talked about Blink-22 a lot. We did, we but, did, but uh, you know, I, I, I got excited. We, I mean, we bought tickets. Yeah, we have tickets. We yeah. have tickets. And number one on the stories, the seven deadly stories, is Ticketmaster, the piece of shit of all pieces <laughs> of shit. They uh, have turned into Satan itself. Pearl Jam tried to warn us, boys. Pearl Jam fucking warned us when their tickets were $8. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we need service fees? These tickets should be a dollar eighty nine. Says Eddie Vedder in nineteen ninety four. As he chews on fucking tree bark, has come. 
and fucking glo- uh, gargles a fucking 26 ouncer of red wine. Oh, fucking God. Eddie Vedder is a character. I love Pearl Jam. I don't like Eddie Vedder per, per se, but I really enjoy Pearl Jam. Eddie's aloof, but I like him. I, I like him a He's lot. He's such a strange cat. He's so strange. Maybe that's yeah. why I like him so yeah, much. He's definitely quirky. He's, like, I, like yeah, yeah. is he interesting to watch from afar? Yeah. Do I want to be in a room with him? No. I don't know. No, I don't think I'm so. I'm sure he's got stories, though. I think he'd be the most awkward person to talk to if he just got... Just like, Have it, you ever heard him interviewed, man? The dude rambles like no other. I don't know, man. I just feel that like if if I sat down... If, if I was sat down on, let's say, a sidewalk or a, you know, a side, side of the road on a street bench and Eddie Vedder just sat down next to me, I just feel like it would just be like the most forced conversation in the world. Well, why would you talk to someone that randomly sat with you on a bench? I wouldn't talk to him. Well, I'd I just s- get up and go. If somebody fucking sat next to you, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Like their hips are touching yours, and you're not going to say nothing. Like, I'm assuming Eddie would better would just talk to you about like nature and like small talk. Be the like, weather. Oh, the weather is very nice. Oh, yeah, today. Yeah. The sun rays are like a woman's gaze upon my skin. You got a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hum a G for me? I need to release two more albums this year. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Pearl Jam tried to warn us, man, back in 1994. Yeah. So this ties into the Blink-182 story. Um, it escalates with another tour as well from another very popular act. So Blink-182 um, was the first band that made me privy to dynamic pricing yes yeah so this is where Ticketmaster chooses to get finally get one up on them scalpers tyler yeah them skeezy scalpers scalpers. so they choose a dynamic pricing which means depending on the demand for the event Ticketmaster can adjust their prices at whim and not even announce a price range anymore for what your tickets are going to be. It's fucking ridiculous. Ticketmaster owns like 80 fucking percent or 70% of all ticket places. Ticket like tickets. venues. They are associated with like 80 fucking percent of them. Yeah. If you, it's so disgusting. If you don't use Ticketmaster, guess what, man? You're, Nobody knows the buildings you're going to be and in. And I love it when I don't have to buy through Ticketmaster, like yeah. buying a fucked up ticket for $30 or buying a mom jeans ticket for $40 and no like real service charges other than like $7 fucking hand, like pocket change, man. But yeah. with uh dynamic pricing, you get a uh, reunion like Blink-182 with the demand of Tom DeLonge being back and them reassuring us that they're going to release the greatest album they've ever made. Even though it's not made yet to get nosebleed t- seats would cost you a mere two hundred dollars to get on the floor would cost you to get you lower level would be 500 to get you in the pit would be about what five grand like two two thousand something stupid like that it was insane that's not the start of it no that that, pales in comparison that is not even it that is not even it so taylor swift announced yeah, this is the first and hopefully only time that I'm going to talk about Taylor Swift on Seven Deadly Spins as much as I fucking love Shake It Off. It's a great song, but uh, uh, Screaming Females does it better. Yes, they do. They do. Yeah, so Taylor Swift announced her Eras Tour. 
Apparently, it was her first tour since 2018. So, I, I mean, know. you know, high demand. I guess she does. Taylor Swift is a high demand to begin she's with. She's one of the most popular artists yeah. in North America for yeah. sure. So let's talk about demand pricing. Now, now, like, not only demand pricing, but this fucking queue that they started. So you would ha- you would get a ticket to be in line for the queue. Yeah. And you would be in line for the ticket for the queue. And some people couldn't even get into the queue once they got a ticket. Am I confusing you yet? I mean, like, it's I'm a little bit... I'm confusing myself. It's a little bit confusing, but I get the gist of what you're saying. Yeah, so that's not even the fucking start of it. Like... I've I've already said that. I've already said that that's not the start of it. But that's not even the start of it. These tickets were fucking stupid expensive, man. Like, we're talking, I I think I heard like eight grand for some of them and all this kind of shit. I thought I heard one was like 92 grand. So they tried to beat the fucking second second party markets, right? They tried to beat them. They tried to one-up them fucking greasy scalpers. StubHubs. What did StubHub do? They sold them for $18,000. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it Fuck you, Ticketmaster. Yeah. We're still going to go. Yeah. And these stupid rich people will still we'll buy still these tickets. They'll pay for this fucking ticket. Oh, oh man. I saw one TikTok that, my, that um, Danielle showed me about this girl complaining about her fucking ticket. Uh, oh, Taylor yeah. Swift ticket and she started pulling like black slang and shit and people online were giving her shit it's just like some stupid white girl yeah. rich she being like I oh she's like um <laughs> she yeah she couldn't get her pit ticket and she's talking about how she couldn't get like her fucking 10 grand you know pit ticket and she's, Taylor like, Swift pit and she's like I finna be in the pit <laughs> And fucking people lost her lost her mind about it. So, anyways, fuck the people that will buy these tickets still. Yeah, like yeah. N- I'm talking the the second party. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah like yeah, the yeah. third party shit. Like yeah, I'll I'll never buy another second party ticket again. No, like that's it's too much now. Yeah. It was already too much to begin with. Yeah, like but, now if this was maybe like all out, we had to do a the stub hub. If, if we're talking wrestling... I'd do it for wrestling. I'd do it for wrestling, yeah. but music has a much higher demand than yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd pay... Yeah, yeah, I'd do it for wrestling. Yeah. yeah. It all depends on what you what it means to you. And what show, yeah. But I don't know what show would mean that much to me because the bands that I would want to see would not be on Ticketmaster at this point. Yeah. You know, like, the yeah. bands that I really want to see wouldn't go on Ticketmaster. Yeah, like, it pains me to be going to a show at a stadium. Like I like like I I I I'm I'm so stoked because you've thing. liked you've liked being at these small shows I, so much now. I right? I don't want the stadium vibe. Well, I want the big. It's I only want, an arena though. Well, yeah, saddle dome, right? Yeah, but like still, like, I I to me it's like I like that you know thousand people there like. You know, like, uh, how many people would be at the, the, the Union Hall? Well, going to five hundred six hundred Starlight Room, which is, like, yeah. one of the best venues in, like, Edmonton. Fuck you know? Well, that's where we're going to. This month. But, yeah, we've seen them in the garage before that was Pawn even smaller. Yeah. Pawn Shop. That was even smaller. Yeah. I like those venues. They're very, you know, personal. It's, like, intimate, yeah. you Union know? Union Hall, man. Like, come on, Union Hall. Love Union Hall. Yeah, it's great. The, yeah, like... Yeah, Ticketmaster and these high demand events, like I don't know, Union Hall, that. that's the one with the Argyle, right? 
Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah no. But like the, these shows, like this now, like it's it's a, it's I'm over it. You know, like Metallica and Pantera. I'm over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, like these these are not high demand for me. It's just you're seeing people pass their prime for more money than you've ever seen them before. Yeah. So yeah, yeah like, am I excited yeah. for Blink Twenty Two? Yes. But they have Turnstile with them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, is if, Turnstile an incentive for that two hundred dollars? Yeah, one hundred percent. Turnstile is the main reason for going for me because I've seen them three times. This will be your third. No, this might be. This will be my fourth. Would it be your fourth? Yeah, because oh. I've seen them once with Adam, once with an ex girlfriend, once with you. Oh shit! Okay, fair. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, because so that's, you know, that's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. I, I, you know, I'm mainly point into view, this for Turnstile, but at the I same time, the like, thing, I'm going to be singing along to all those Blink One Two songs. You better, but fucking believe it. Yeah. Really. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but Turnstile is going to be wild. That that yeah. might be the best show of the year. Like seeing <sighs> Turnstile set might be the best fucking stoked. concert I'm going to see all year. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Even though I'd rather see Turnstile in a small venue. Take what you can get, man. Yeah. You don't know when. Dude, this band is go- is blowing up, dude. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, they're yep. fucking, like, they're in a Taco Bell commercial. Fucking A, man. Really? No, they deserve it. They deserve every yeah. fucking bit of it, man. What that that glow on album. Dude, that album is so goddamn good that it was my number one album for 2021. <laughs> and it's still my, like, eight of the top ten songs in my uh, top 200 or top 100 songs is from Glow On. I, I told so. I told Danielle about them in October. Yeah, it was her, it was her top artist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was she got really into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top yeah. top fucking artist, man. In two months. Yeah, fucking Dude, it's wild. A good fucking album. Yeah, no. Glow on was special. It yeah. still is. It, and Glow that, on is better than any of these any albums of them, that we talked about this year. And oh, easily one hundred percent. And that hindered. Because you still fucking liked it, it's still stuck with you, yeah, right? Yeah, and I feel like there should be one. Of, there should be this album that I look at as one hundred percent completely perfect, but there's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it, it struggles me. It was like which of the imperfections are the ones I can live with the most? And as hard as like, I feel like it's a cop out to throw these three because where's that perfect album? Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm I'm so glad that that album came out because it got me right back into all the old Turnstile too. Because yeah. they have a perfect catalog. Turnstile, yeah, oh yeah. And you and Angel Dust, like you you like you like yeah. Angel Dust a yeah. lot, which is like yeah, side it's, project. It's basically, Turnstile minus two or something yeah, like that. Like, really, what a, what a really band! It, they just keep on giving, man. Yeah, there's just so much yeah. offer from them. Uh, and mind you, uh, uh, the guitarist from Turnstile left. Yeah, yeah, they have but a lot of band members. You know. They, there's a big band. Yeah. It's a big band. Yeah, but like he is, he's, he seems like he is maybe an integral part of the guitar. You know what I mean? Like there is another guitar. Player. But who's to say that maybe the change in direction? Yeah, might maybe been. maybe that maybe that is the change in direction. But like I don't want it because like you know like uh, TLC like. That was Just, wild. Oh, so good. It's wild. So good. Anyways, anyways, uh, uh, this is not 2001. It's, it's not. It's, it, nor is it 2021. No, so we should be talking about 2022. Fuck, I've been listening to 2000. Oh, did I say it's 2001? Yeah. Oh, God damn it, Dr. Dre. Dun, 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 dun,
Anyway. Dedicated to all of us with big egos. <laughs> all right. Number one. Number one. My favorite album of the year would be Meat Wave. Mm. Malign Hex. Meat Wave. Speaking of pup, we discovered pu- a Meat Wave through oh, opening, yeah, up opening up with pup. pup. Yeah. And uh, they had uh, two albums at the time. They had uh, Brother and Delusion Moon. Yeah. Delusion Moon, um, fucking great album. And they were on the cusp of releasing their best album, The Incessant, just that same year. Uh, They released that album in 2017. Fucking incredible. Uh, Just fucking dark, man. Like, there's something about this band that's really unsettling. And Yeah, it's because they're... He is unsettling. He, he's very unsettling. Like, the whole time watching him live, I felt like he was upset at me. Because <laughs> he just looked like he was just upset. He's very aggressive. Yeah, and, and the music reflects it. Because, like, the way he's looking aggressive, he's looking aggressive almost to the fucking tempo of the song. And it's always, like, a really heavy, hard stroke down. You know, there's no ups. It's just, like... It's just, like... It's so impactful. Yeah, uh, they're they're a they're a different band, and I'm saying this because they're very private. There's not a lot that I found about the band from Chicago. You know, yeah, they're right. they're they're from Chicago. They're yeah. very kind of like they're named after meat. <laughs> they're named after meat. So, so you're you're driving my point home. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I can't give you much of a backstory on this band, I, nor do I know much about the backstory of their music. They don't really show, like, there's not much to really go from. Yeah. So, from the point of Delusion Moon to The Incessant is like night and day. Yeah, Like, yeah. The Incessant like, is... Delusion, you said it, like, Delusion Moon is a pop song compared to The Incessant. <laughs> I never meant to throw your computer out the window. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's fucking, it's, it's a good album. I love Delusion Moon and it's fucking great. But the incessant, there's something that they talk about in there. And I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's really unsettling. And if you, if, if you got like mad depression, maybe don't listen to the album because it, it's dark man it's yeah. fucking the dark. tone even the is, tone of it yeah. the tone of it is very dark yeah. like it, it's got to be about some sort of like mental health issue is what i what i what i gather but um this band released um an album um an ep i guess i could call it volcano park last year and i talked about it last year they had some pretty solid songs on there they 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 seem to like meditate a lot on issues with society and um, just like how everything is placed together, like structurally, like societal societal structure is like what I gather from most of the things that they talk about in their music. They're they're they're, they're a very punk rock ethos band. Yeah, yes. like, very very. Um, I guess they wear their intelligence on their sleeve yep. which might play in with the aggression like they just might be fucking smart nerds man that just like yeah. are so pissed off yeah, it's like the, it's like those fucking that math rock dude it's just like i can do equations in my sleep now watch <laughs> we do this fucking sweeping solo really <laughs> so they um they released that ep and then they slowly released like two fucking songs this year they released honest living which is a definite fucking slap in the face on shift work. 
Okay. Like, I make an honest living, you know, I meet in the quote, fucking, the system's not evil, the system's not good, you gotta work for it, clocked in for the rest of time, you know, um, well, retire when I die, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it's total, like, just a slap in the face on, like, you know, tongue-in-cheek type thing, right? Um, ridiculous car. I, I fucking love the lyrics in Ridiculous Car because it's just a fucking fuck you to all these I people. I never know what the fuck this dude is saying. No? No. No, uh, never, never. Well, uh, that gets me to Disney because Disney's, Disney's lyrics. Gonna, oh, Disney's man. <laughs> like, yeah, Ridiculous Car, bright orange, got a death wish, we- weaving on the interstate, eat my fucking <laughs> dust, ripping 90 without a care, need gas money from you, th- from you three and we're square. Um... Yeah, it all ends here in my ridiculous car. Like, just pretty much like, yeah, just a stupid idiot gonna die in a stupid car. Like, that, that's what I like about Meat Wave, you know? Like, they just take shots at shit, and it's yeah. it's very, like, aware. Like, I, I don't know, like, you can kind of tell sometimes what, what they're talking about, especially, like, recently, like, now, like, since they got away from the incest and, and that dark fucking era that they had. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about Disney, which is my favorite song on the album. It's probably my favorite fucking Me Wave song ever. Like, just to open up with that. Um, the fucking bass line is so fucking good. It's droney, which is <coughs> a very Meat me Wave trope. But, yeah. like, once again, I don't really know what he's trying to say in the song. But I feel like it's, it's a big shot at Disney. Disney fucking fans. People that are, like... Disney lifers yeah. like their life is all about Disney and like yeah, worshiping basically worshiping a corporation yeah and or like you can take it into like it's about a kid being abused <laughs> I don't know which one it's about because like the first line is inundate myself with baseless Disney information yeah. and then like later on he talks about like it turns out you never went to Florida your parents lied to you they just locked you in a room while they got drunk and spooned like I I don't know what it, it like it's just an interesting song and I find Meat Wave to be so weird you know like yeah. they're they're fucking strange but then they yeah, they, they, they are though they have a, which allures me you know like I guess that's always been a thing like Twin Peaks yeah. my favorite fucking TV show I like I like the weird the mysterious the strange the things that you can't comprehend yeah the things that like you know are always they a make mystery you think. yeah and when the mystery doesn't reveal itself. The mystery stays there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do, like, kind of, like, they don't lean into that all the time. Because, like, What Would You Like Me To Do is the big, big like, single on the album. And that's a great song. You know, like, it's just got, like, the, it's not, like, heavy by no means, but it's got, like, a consistent tempo. It's just a catchy song. And same thing with 10K. Um, 10K, 10K is really good. 10K yeah. is good. Um, then you would have your hard songs, like, Complaint, you know, Compliant, I think. Compliant would be the hard song on this album. But they also have like this weird post hardcore, or not post hardcore, but like post punk type vibe where they like have these songs that just like kind of like jam and they just like wave in and wave out and they're like. No pun intended. They're like. <laughs> wave. Yeah. Yeah. I, Waveless is, is a catchy song though. Yeah. It is. It yeah. is. But there are like interludes, I would say, you know, like Jim's Teeth is like just like a long long jam session but it's talking about a crackhead from what it sounds like i don't um, like, like i said i've never ever like i'm looking at some lyrics now 
And it's like outside of like, like uh, I know the the melody of the songs. Like, so you think that you can? Uh, <laughs> oh. so saying, oh, oh. Like, uh, I don't know what he's saying. That's fair. That's fair. Right? I, like, I, got real... I just think the music. I I now I want to kind of look into it. Really, like, you're not my brother. <laughs> no, it's you're a far cry brother. from uh, brother. Where I love you're brother. just another motherfucker's brother. Yeah, you're just another phone. <laughs> oh man, there's like songs on the incessant where I got really into the lyrical content. Like Glass Teeth is so interesting. Talking about like some dude that just never shuts up. Yeah, <laughs> and like I don't know, man. Like that, it's the mystery, you know. Like yeah. I'll the, have to find lyric videos on YouTube. I only find like just still song videos yeah. of them on YouTube for Meat Wave. Yeah. Like even Genius doesn't have much. I'm gonna oh, have to go out and buy vinyls of this sh- this shit, man. But anyways, like I think the unsettling nature and them continuing to make something so dark and mysterious, but less dark than the incessant, to be a very good direction yeah. forward. And yeah, I think like. Yeah, this album just like kind of like really caught me at the beginning, and that's when did why it come out just in October. Oh, okay, so this is pretty. Recent. It's pretty fresh, but maybe that could have a bias. But at the same time, I just like I I hear that album at the beginning, like Disney starts, and I'm ready. Yeah, like I'm just ready to fucking hear it all. It's not a perfect album by no means. Like, you know, com- compliant and merchandise smart. They're not like the greatest things in the world. Uh, ridiculous, ridiculous car took a long time to warm up on me because it's so fucking hard and fast and it's one minute long. Yeah. But once I... That's the, one thing I do like about Meat Wave albums is like they don't overstay their welcome. No, they don't. No. Uh, it's what I liked about the Drug Church album. It was 26 minutes yeah. long. Like it was hard pressed to find a song over two minutes, 10 seconds on the Drug Church album. And if it wasn't for Jim's teeth being like seven minutes long here, like this album would have been much shorter than it is, but it's, it's only 35 minutes. That's a respectable length, you know, yeah. for an album. Best songs, man, in the world are like two and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I truly believe that they, they don't overstay their welcome. It, it keeps it as fresh as can be. You know what I mean? Those are songs that I'll hit replay on a bunch. Oh, that's why most singles are about that long. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that, that about does it. That about does it there. Malign Hex, number one for me. The Unraveling of Pup the Band by Pup the Band. Number one for Tyler. <laughs> yeah. That compromises about nine stories and seven deadly bands. Seven deadly seven bands. Seven deadly albums. Any uh, honorable mentions, though? Sure, yeah. Let's let's go out with the honorable mentions. I, I would like to give, 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 some, uh, give some posies out, I suppose. So, uh, Slipknot's the end so far. It's a yeah. good album. Good album. Uh, every album that Slipknot releases these days, there's always that, like, this album sounds like Iowa. And it never fucking sounds like Iowa. Because they guys. always release the one song that sounds like Iowa yeah, first. Stop hinting that this album's going to sound like Iowa. Yeah, it, it's what. Shut so, up. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. I'm not saying for you to shut up. I mean, like, shut up. No, shut up about it. Yeah, shut up and give me an Iowa album. Yeah, you know what I mean. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. No, no, no. Because you, you can't market an Iowa album. Those so cut. These, these guys wanted to kill each other during the making of Iowa. They were done. That album barely got made. 
because they hated each other, and that's why it's so vitriol and so fucking mean. It's, oh. it's a time and a place, right? Yeah. And that's why it's so good. And like yeah. you can't say to go back to Iowa because no, you can't. No, you can't. It's like it's trying toxic. to tell them to go make their fucking self-titled album again. It's like it's impossible. Why? Yeah. How? How would like, we go back and make that album? I I fell out of listening to them for a while. I I haven't listened to them. They wane for a little bit since Paul died. I didn't yeah. listen to them for a while, and Joey fucking Joey died too. Joey left and then died. Yeah. yeah. Um. But this album, I listened to it. Uh, the dying song or dying time. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um. I heard that. And I'm like, okay. This got this. This album's got promise. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool, man. Oh, Slipknot, you got me for the first time. Yeah. In a long time. And when it came out, I fucking I dug it a lot. I yeah. dug it a lot. Like. Adderall, the opener song, reminds me a lot of Volume Three. Yeah, um, there there is some instances in that album where it's like you get some subliminal verses. Yeah, um, Acidic, really good. Yen, Hive Mind. Um, yeah, like really, really the Chapel Town yeah. Rag is Chapel Town Rag is really I, I really, really enjoy good song. It. Um, it, it I mean like again, it's no Volume Three. It's no All Hope Is Gone. You know no, I mean? that but was like, that was like I th- I thought that that was the best that they could have went. That was the like they couldn't mean? get any better than then that. All hope is gone. No, like you couldn't no. you couldn't that was there, do anything past that. No, you, how do you how do you go bigger than than that album? That album's fucking fantastic in my opinion. Uh, and volume three though, volume three is also fantastic. Right? Like, yes. So was Iowa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. It was fucking self-titled. But like. But once they got to the fifth one, it was like I don't the, the gray chapter. Gray chapter. Yeah. And that that, that was I, after Paul Gray know, passed. Oh, like and, yeah, it just just yeah. it wasn't great. And then there was one other one in between that one and the one that's out now. NXT album. Yeah, NXT album, and then there's this album. Yeah, I believe. I'm pretty uh, sure. It could be wrong, but uh, it, yeah. Anyways, had to give an honorable mention out to that one. Yeah. Um, just quickly here, I'm going to go through a couple that I know that you haven't listened to. I'm just going to mention it really quick. Mitski's Laurel Hell. Um, she's a female, little Asian girl. She sings like uh, fucking tongue in cheek, fucking like, I don't know, pop songs and shit. Okay. But um, yeah, she like had this like pretty dope album um, a couple years ago called Puberty 2. I don't know. She she just writes like fucking weird ass songs. I like her. Then she had another album called Be the Cowboy. And then she was going to quit music. Then she ra- put this out. It's pretty good. It's uh like I bleach for most of my music, really. But she had a good song on this album called Working for the Knife. And it's about the music industry. Highly recommend it. Um, Oso Oso, Sore Thumb. Oh, they had a new album? Yeah, they had a new album come out this year. Oso oh, Oso, Jade... Jade Kaliri? I don't know. Jade, Jade L- Lily Tree? I don't know what his name is. But he's got such a delicate voice. Oh, uh, dude, like that Baskin and the Glow song? Yeah, yeah. Such a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a really nice... I, I like to listen to them when I'm just like... You gotta in a good be, mood. Yeah. And yeah. You have to be in a good mood. Yeah. Because like that song is disgusting if you're upset. <laughs> right? Because it is so fucking happy. And it's just all about this female that you just want to be basking in her glow. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to fucking hear this shit right now, bro. I just, I just, I fucking, I fucking want to hate. Yeah. So, um, I guess, um, totally not, um, on the happy train here. Uh, their guitarist, Craig Tavish, uh, Tav, they would call him, um, died unnaturally. Before this album got finished, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. They haven't released what happened, so I'm assuming it was 
some sort of self-harm thing. Oh, yeah. So, um, or, or self-harm or drugs. Or... Yeah, yeah. So anyways, <coughs> their Don't guitar... fuck up the cycle. Yeah, their guitarist died, and this is the unfinished album. Yeah. So... Also, like, they didn't even finish he, it? He touched it up, kind of like, oh, okay. what, what missing parts were there? He just, yeah. yeah, but it's, like, his last stuff. How intricate was he, or, like, how interwoven was he in the, like, in the, the creative side of the band? Oh, uh, like... He was like his uh, side by side, apparently. Oh, okay. So pretty okay. big deal. So yeah, yeah like uh, it, it's worth a listen. It's not like the best album. It does feel unfinished. They've definitely re- released best stuff, like their first album, "Real St- Real Stories for Scary People" or something like that. That's that's their best stuff yeah. right there. Uh, Mom Jean, Sweet Tooth. Um, not their best album, uh, but got to give them an honorable mention. They have some pretty very catchy tracks on this album. White Trash Millionaire. What's up? Um, tie-dye acid trip and yeah yeah no it's I, they're always sappy but really catchy crybaby on the phone is like so sappy but i i find it incredibly catchy like yeah. these songs are earworms man like i would say that they're my guilty pleasure but i totally don't have that guilty of a pleasure so like yeah no they're, they're like a solid band that are never like putting out anything terribly amazing, but they have a charm to them and I absolutely love them for that. Yeah, like like when when they're on, they're on. You know what I mean? Like the Basking in the Glow is like by far the greatest song. You know it's the I biggest mean? song like, that they put out. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 and it's got like a great chorus. Like that dude's voice is fucking magical. Oh yeah, yeah. Or like, and then like when he goes like, in this day, I feel like oh. yeah. Really, this is fucking, it's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just have one more. Hey, go for it, man. That's go it, for it, bro. Joyce Manor's forty ounces to Fresno. Joyce Manor, another band very much akin to the same scene that Oso Oso and Mom Jeans are in as as well as Prince Daddy and the Hyena. They're all a part of the same scene. Um, but yeah, Joyce Manor, they're like pioneers, like not pioneers, but they're like, they're like the hardcore Holly of the, the new like Midwest emo scene, I guess, you know, <laughs> like they're never the greatest, but they've got like some oh. solid songs, you know, like they're, they're a solid B plus. How you laugh from there? <laughs> But okay, uh, they got a great song. <laughs> so they got a fucking amazing song on this album. It's called Gotta Let It Go. Highly recommend yeah. it. I think it's right up your alley. I think you okay. really fucking like it. It's on the 2022 blend. Okay, okay. As, as well as like all, there's songs from all of these honorable mentions on the 2022 blend. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's nice to know. That's nice to know. Um, Like for me, like I got really into like Wet Leg. <laughs> really, Shay's Lounge, uh, Lounge, which is also is on the playlist. That dude, that song is fucking dope. I remember just being like, Travis, have you ever heard this? Because like I was listening to it on repeat for days. Yeah, you showed me the live yeah. version. It's so much better than oh, the yeah. studio one. But yeah. at, with that being said, great song. They got a lot of praise this year. A lot of praise because they, like, they're charismatic as fuck. Dude. They sure are. Do I think that that was the best album this year? Like people no. said, no, no, but no. fuck is Shay's lounge. One of the best songs of the year. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Easily. Um, 
But you know what, man? You know, like I spent a lot of this year listening to stuff that I've never listened to before. Yeah. Right, like, and just like not new stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I I got into what's the one uh, Wonder Years song I got really into, um, because that was a band that was on your. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the first one that we talked yeah. about. Oh, where's it gone now? Oh, man, I found it on here, and I was like, oh, it's gone. I'll find it in a second here. I don't like who I was then. I don't know if you know that song. I don't think I've heard that. No? Uh, I, I got really into that, but, like, there was other bands that I, 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 like, I got into Angel Dust. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing. Uh, that was, like, one of the main things I listened to this year. Uh, like hidden track by Prince Daddy and Hyena. I love that, that song, song is so much, so good. That, just charming, like yeah. just a, such a charming song. Yeah, great voice for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Things are gonna change around here when I get my hat clear. Not gonna smoke less weed. Not gonna drink less beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's really good. Like, uh, no big like huge albums that I was into, but you know. Uh, I, I really got into uh, actually I think it's what it's number four on uh, like so Baxing in the Glow was my fifth most listened to song this year oh no way yeah wow uh, Drink by Destroy Boys I love that song so good was my fourth most listened to song this year and then it's Blackout Mystery and Holiday by Turnstile uh, so like uh this just letting you know, you know, what I mean, Angel Dust is very much a constant rotation here. Uh, in Circles by the World is a Beautiful Place, or right? They, oh, yeah, from last that, year, yeah. That, that, wow, that song is in my uh, like in the top 20. I forgot about the world, that, that album was good last year. I remember that, yeah. And then there's a song, uh, by a band called Title Fight. Oh, yeah, Title I, Fight. I don't know how to pronounce it, M R A H C. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's my one, two, three, four, sixth most listened to song this year. Uh, the like Planet Shit by Every Time You Die, Bang of the Drum by Angel Dust. Yeah, yeah, just a lot of older stuff that I really, really got into. Yeah, just looking back here, like the the shit that I got really into this year that I that didn't come out. Like this band called the Velveteers, they're like a throwback '70s band. They're they're pretty cool. Okay. Guns and Wankers, just like the most catchy fucking punk man, came out in 1995. Holy shit, you, you would love it. Yeah. Guns and Wankers, man, like holy fucking hell. God, yes. God. Yes. Boxcar Racer. I listened to so much Boxcar Racer Dude, this year. That's the best Blink 182 thing. To oh ever come man, out. such a newfound respect for it. It's yeah. just. Just it, 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 fucking it's Tom DeLong, like just on on his game, dude. Before pills took over. Oh man, yep. No, it's perfect. It's it's, it's fucking great. And I listened to a lot of Shania Twain too. That's fair, man. It's <laughs> fair. Oh uh, yeah, the documentary was good. Hey, you know what, man? I skimmed over some songs. Uh, like in my top ten, it's "Good for You" by Olivia Rodrigo. Oh God, so I love that, that song. song. Is so goddamn good, yeah. dude. Uh, you know, which that came out in like 2021. Yeah, something like, so like that. that. Wasn't even like on even last year's or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really catchy song, man. Oh, if we're if we're gonna be like total, this is my most guilty pleasure. There's a song called "I'm a Moth" by Leah Leah, and it's I've listened to it so much now yeah. that I've li- I listen to it now and I cringe. 
but I listen to it a lot. That's fair. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guilty. Oh, uh, I, I, I bet you, like, is it a really popular song? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It just popped up on my on my Discover Weekly one time. Oh, okay. And it was just an Asian girl in a moth suit with a Gibson SG, and I'm like, this looks interesting. And I played it, and it was really catchy. <laughs> and the rest of her music's dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, fuck. Uh, but it's a good song. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Oh, god damn. God damn. Uh, you, got, you, got any, you got anything else? You got anything else? Mm, god, I don't know. No, I, 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 I don't. I don't. I wasn't prepared to. I didn't think that we had it in us to talk. My God, has this been two hours and thirty minutes? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Danielle's just like, where the fuck is Travis? We did a marathon tonight. We haven't recorded in like four weeks. It's been like a month. Oh well, you know, we shook the cobwebs off for the for uh, what's coming up next. There you go. There you go. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to uh, say what's coming up next? Com- coming up next is uh, just uh, we're going. Th- I've been talking about an SEL. Oh really? Cool. Uh, so like, uh, but uh, yeah, Claire Lynch uh, in TNA is what we'll be talking about, which is weird to talk about. I feel I don't feel right talking about this on this episode. Uh, it's on the, the same feed. I know. It's just I don't know. Uh, we're but, all a part of one big family. Oh, if we were on NBC, we'd have to promote some bullshit that they're slinging. Love is a circle. If we're on fucking Curious Cast, we'd be like, up next on the murder of Evelong Lately. Lord, fuck Curious Cast. I don't know what that is. Anyways, uh, we'll be talking about the uh, Claire Lynch storyline from TNA. Um, yeah. I haven't started watching it, so I don't have it, and I never, I've never ever seen it. Oh, uh, oh you're, we're, we're, I, I it's going to be bad. It's, it's going to be something else. Well, I mean, if one thing we get <laughs> from it, it's the formation of SCU. Mm, mm, uh, uh, was it Bad Company or something like that? Bad influence. Bad influence. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, might as well get some plugs out of the way. And I guess the only thing that could kill AJ Styles and TNA was this. The only thing that could kill the only <laughs> homegrown star they had. <laughs> Yeah, he's never the same. He's never the same. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Are we doing the Patreon thing? Yeah, yeah. You might as well get some plugs out of the way, and this is where I'll edit it in from last week's episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I don't end it however you fucking. Okay, so I don't have to do the Patreon plugs, hey? No, you're, you're gonna splice it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, sweet. Well, in that case, keep on rocking in the free world. Oh, you don't have a you don't have a, a special one for for seven deadly spins. We're all one big family. We're all one I, big I just family. did my thing. We're we're rocking in the free world because of Neil Young's uh, relevancy. Oh, yeah, yeah we're gonna rock it, rock in the free world, and do do the loot. Do you're a garbage can. <laughs>